Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And John. Hello. Hello. Um, guys, before we get started um, into our regular podcast, um, I just wanted to quickly just um, <coughs> touch upon, obviously, the fact that we, re- we took a bit of a, a, a wee break last week. We postponed to this week. Um, Dave, I hope you don't mind. Um, I know one of our extended Door 14 family um, lost a loved one um, in the last week. Um, Gemma, your, your good, lovely wife, um, unfortunately, her mum passed away um, just last week. Um, and we just kind of wanted to just obviously send our condolences to the whole McCallion family. Um, tough, tough loss um, for, for the family. Um, such a big personality, such a big presence within their family. Um, um, we just wanted to just start off this episode just by, you know, obviously saying, you know, hopefully you're, you're doing okay, Dave, but also um, out to the full McCallion, cl- McCallion clan um, and just sending our love that way in that direction. Here's man, thank you. Um, guys, um, as we always start off, um, I just wanted to touch base, see how you're all getting, how you're getting on. Um, John, I've seen your face over the weekend, so uh, I'll come to you last. Uh, Dave, um, I know it was a tough week. Um, the last, well, the last two weeks probably been quite tough for you guys, but you know, how 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 how, how you doing? How are you doing today? Yeah, just uh, keeping busy is the best way, and uh, trying to find a wee bit of normality in the chaos of the last few few weeks. Yeah, um, and we've got a game on this coming Tuesday in the SSA Tuesday. arena. Tuesday, Tuesday, um, yep. um, back um, to the CHL action. Um, yep, really looking forward to it. Um, sort of going to be a true test, and if we can uh, get a win, then we might even have a uh, a chance on our hands. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll hopefully see that. And John, we'll we'll see you at the SSA arena this coming Tuesday as well. I guess. Certainly will. I am flying out from Edinburgh at about. I think it's like half past four or four o'clock on Tuesday. So fingers crossed there's no delays um, and the buses are running as expertly as Translink always do um, and I, I get myself down with plenty of time. Uh, the unfortunate thing is I'm not going to have time to stop at my father-in-law so uh, I am going to end up with a bag search and they are just going to see that one sad pair of boxers at the bottom of that rucksack because that's pretty much all I'm bringing. Oh, at least you travel a light which is, which is great. Um uh, you know. like the other option is just to, to do the other way and it's just to either turn the boxers inside out or uh, turn them back to front but uh, I'm, I'm expecting to have a couple of pints at the game so that, that's just a risk I'm not willing to take um, as I mentioned John I did see your face in, in live in person over the weekend we uh, attended the Belfast Giants away trip there in Glasgow well away for me home for you uh, in, in Glasgow and in, in Fife oh, Glasgow's, um, Glasgow's still on a away trip calm down okay Glasgow's still on the away trip for you but it's like an hour up the road so we, you know um, you're splitting splitting hairs there um, but how, how, are you, how are you doing I know I, I only seen you on Sunday last but how are you doing I'm good um like I say, it was really, really good to to see you and uh, to spend some time at the hockey. It's um, the first real live hockey I've been to see, uh, other than I'm trying to remember if I went to preseason. Uh, I can't. I think I did. I think I went to preseason game in Dundee. Um, but seeing competitive hockey is just different gravy altogether. Um, and I know we'll we'll probably come on to talk about the games, obviously, because we were we were both there, but. Uh, yeah, really good. Um, Giants, Giants look hot. 
Yeah, and we'll definitely will be talking about that Fife game. Um, there's a, a a burning discussion going on right now about after that Fife game and the conclusion of the Fife game. So we will come back to fight that Fife game. Um, I'll probably talk quite in depth about that. Um, in our first period of hockey. Um, the last thing, I, or the one other thing I wanted to raise before uh, we moved on to um our our show as you our, our regular show, um, Aaron isn't here tonight. Mister Mitchell is not here tonight. Um. I obviously wasn't here for the last podcast because it was my birthday, as people were told by yourself uh, and Mr. Mitchell. Um, and I just wanted to clear up happy, something. Happy, happy. Um, no, 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 no. You're, no. Looking well, you're looking well for 101, mate. I want to just clear up. I just want to clear up any confusion. I want to clear up some nasty rumors that were spread on that podcast, whatever I wasn't here. Um, there was an accusation. I think there was an accusation that I was 48, I think it started out at or something like that. Um, and it listen, just listen, slightly increased. Not, not- you, you can't prove anything. Let's see your driver's license up on the screen here um, if you want to refute it. Which resulted in quite a few, um, quite a few of you in the SSE coming up to me um, at the last game <laughs> and saying, um, oh, happy birthday. Um, so so what age are you really? Um, are you really 40? Because you look great for 40. You're and I'm like, well. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not 40. I'm not anywhere near 40 yet. Um, so just just for clarity, I'm not anywhere near 40, and uh, I will get you guys back at some point. Trust I wouldn't me. say not anywhere near 40. Dave, be quiet. Yeah, come on. You talk about splitting hairs, mate. Yeah. Okay, let's get if on I, with our show. Um, if I Aaron, can see 40 on the horizon, so can you, buddy. Aaron isn't here tonight. Um, he has work commitments, and he's flying off to America um, on Sunday, I believe, for a com- conference, as he calls it. Um, so yeah, he's going to refer a jolly, I'm guessing, with work. It's fully paid for. Um, when is it not a jolly when it's him? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't think he's catching any hockey, though, which is unfortunate. Um, but um, he will hopefully be on our next episode in two weeks' time, and we hope to see him back as well. Um, hopefully we'll get everybody together, because it has been a while. Um, guys, if it's okay with you, what we'll do is we'll get stuck in to our regular show um and as we start our regular show during the regular season i just want to take a quick rundown and a quick look across the league very early days obviously we've only had uh, two or three weekends played mostly cup um but also we've had our first games in the league as well um so i just want to touch go across the the league and have a, a rundown of where things are currently standing um and just kind of yeah, just start off as we mean to go on this season. Uh, so starting in the Elite Ice Hockey League, um, sitting in top place is the Manchester Storm, having played four games and taken seven points. Uh, the Card Devils are sitting in second with two games played and four points. Sheffield Steelers are in third place with three games played, four points. Five Flyers are in fourth place with one game played, two points. Nottingham Panthers are in fifth with two games played, two points. Dundee are in sixth with two games played, two points. Guildford Flames are in seventh with three games played, two points. Coventry in eighth with two games played, one point. Belfast, even though they haven't played uh, any games yet, are in ninth place with no games played and no points. And Glasgow sit bottom of the league, haven't played one game with no points. Um, as I say, really early days, but um, coming out of the blocks, we've seen it before. Um, and you know, listen, I I don't want to sign this way, but we've seen this before. We've seen this in previous seasons where we've seen Manchester. I think it was maybe two seasons ago came out of the blocks. All guns firing, start off really strong right up until around about maybe November, Christmas, November, December time. Really good, strong performances going on, and then January kind of crash kind of idea. But Manchester this this year starting off four games played, uh, seven points, uh, good start by them, Dave. Oh yeah, they're really really good. Um, it's going to be uh, another one of those seasons. I have a feeling anyway, where it's hopefully going to be up up for grabs. Um, we've seen that with. Uh, 
Guildford putting a marker down uh, last year. Um, and hopefully we'll see something similar where we get more of unusual teams in the mix. Um, the more competitive the league is, the better it is for all of us. Agreed, definitely. Um, and we, we talk about, obviously, that, as you said, like the more competitive people are and, you know, as, as teams start to kind of move forward and, and the kind of the, the the teams that we don't expect, obviously. We obviously seen Guildford last year doing that from the start, you know, moving moving coming off uh, strong, continuing strong right up until the pretty much final weekends of the of the season. Um, Guildford coming into this season, sitting in seventh, seventh obviously, have only played three, haven't played three games so far and having two points from those three games. Again, early days, I know, but um, Guildford came into this season with, I suppose, a lot of pressure on them, John, I would say. Um, do you think that pressure is 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 going to, I suppose, push them down a bit? Do you think it's going to, it's going to, they're going to struggle with the pressure that's been put on them? I don't think they're going to struggle with the pressure. Um, they, are the team with the second most pressure on them in the Elite League, let's be totally honest. Belfast Giants have all the pressure on them to do what they did uh, last season because if anyone doesn't remember, the Belfast Giants won a Grand Slam last year. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the the weight of expectation is absolutely on Adam Keefe and uh, the guys in Teal this year. But the way that Guildford performed uh, through last season little stumbling block after Christmas but and to be honest that's what ended up costing them uh, the league uh, it was that stumble and let the Giants catch up in the end and take it to the final weekend um, but yeah people expect uh, Guildford to be there or thereabouts again the same way that they expect Sheffield or Cardiff to be there or thereabouts the difference is that Sheffield and Cardiff are used to being in that position the same way that Belfast are um, it's almost water off a duck's back uh, when you look at it that way. When you're Guildford, especially with the decisions that were made around the Continental Cup, that's a team that have put additional pressure on their own backs uh, by choosing not to take part in that competition, by saying they want to concentrate domestic uh, and look at trophies that they can win here in the UK. So, yeah, uh, that weight of expectation can either boy a team um and and get them fired up or it can crush them under the weight yeah um i, I totally agree with you i mean again as you say the pressures the two teams were looking at pressure obviously is belfast and and guildford from a different for maybe slightly different reason um belfast haven't yet played in the in, in, the, ch- in the, the league title yet they haven't played any league games yet obviously playing in the challenge cup we'll come to the challenge cup in a few minutes and we'll talk about um, the belfast giants and how they've started off their season um just before you do move on to the challenge cup i just wanted to kind of touch base again just about two other bits and pieces obviously cardiff are sitting there in second place uh, and today the cardiff devils have uh, announced the signing of a a par a new par forward um coming in um, and that's canadian brandon alderson um who will re- arrive this week but i don't think he's playing at this weekend's games i don't i think they said that he wouldn't be here in time for that um another a signing i suppose to kind of just bolster their front lines and their forward lines um cardiff starting off there as i say with two games played and four points taking their full points from their, their two games played um cardiff always we we talk about it every year we we, we expect cardiff to kind of come in and, and be battling there at the top spot of the league last year they <clears throat> maybe didn't do as well as they were hoping they would do and they didn't finish maybe in the positions that they wanted to finish last year um how, how what's your thoughts on cardiff at the moment and how they're starting to perform dave it's hard to say um at this stage in the season obviously 100 percent. you know the couple of games they've played you can't uh, you can't complain uh, obviously but you we won't know much 
um, until we you know, get down the run. Um, I did, obviously, we'll probably be talking about it, but uh, the um, interesting interview that their uh, big boss man decided to have is probably not going to help. Um, but hey-ho, we'll see what happens. Our bosses have, all, have always called us uh, uh, weird things. It was the Giants were told to wind our necks in for... Uh, and then what was the other one that uh, Walser was? Uh, are we are our expectations are are too high? <laughs> yeah, we should be setting them lower. I, yeah, I do remember that actually. Yeah, I do remember. Um, so it's, uh, we're not uh, uh, we're not on you. We're we've heard it ourselves. I mean, whenever it doesn't seem to match up, but uh, especially for a team that you think is probably going to be pushing this year, um, for like a strange miscommunication between their their big boss man and their fans is a bit strange. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, John, your thoughts? I mean, Cardiff and Sheffield. Well, you can you can, you can uh, talk about Sheffield as well if you'd like to. Um, but your your thoughts there in terms of the Cardiff, but also obviously Sheffield in third place at the moment, three games played and four points, um, dropping two points there, one game uh, from from the first few games. Um, your thoughts there? Obviously, they'll be the other two te- the other team. Sheffield being the other team will probably be looking at the, the in the top four finish. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's usual suspects. Um, to be honest, I think the 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 top three. By the time we get to April, you could probably already name. Um, I don't think there's going to be any massive change. I don't think any of the other seven teams have progressed in in any strong way, really. That they're they're going to be fighting. Or sorry, four teams. Let's let's throw Guildford in there. Uh, to be to be totally honest, um, the the more interesting thing for me, and I know we're going to talk about them uh, in a minute, is the Scottish teams. Um, they they have strengthened. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think um, Dundee is maybe the exception to that. Um, uh, I, I don't really think that they have progressed as much as every other team seems to have in the league. Um, Dundee seem to be fairly stagnant, and they've well, don't want to say new coach. They've brought an old coach back, um, but it's another situation where um, probably some deals were done. Um, I don't think it's an overly new team. Uh, but I, I just don't think they've made the right kinds of changes. Fife and Glasgow, though. Uh, Glasgow are that middle team uh, out the Scottish lot for me. I think they have made improvements. I think they are looking like a better team. They're looking like a better organisation. Uh, just generally, everything looks better if you're over in Glasgow. However, Fife, to me, are hands down the most dangerous Scottish team at this moment. Uh, that 1-0 game in the Cup, um, granted it's at home, it's in Kirkcaldy, it's a difficult rink for any team to go into. It doesn't matter if you're a Grand Slam team or if you're sitting in 8th or ninth in the league, uh, possibly even just one above five, uh, generally where they tend to be. That is always a difficult rink to go into. Um, and Tom Cullen has made some remarkable differences uh, in there. They were extremely competitive, extremely fast, uh, physical when they had to be. Uh, there is skill within that lineup as well. Uh, they will, they will win big games this season. Um, not sure if they're going to walk away with any silverware for it, but they are going to take some scalps through the season, and every team should be afraid of that five flyer squad this year. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm, uh, the one thing I'm gonna do before we move on is I just I wanna I wanna make sure I echo what John is saying in relation to the five flyers. I wanna just say that I agree with you in terms of from what I've seen with the five flyers, especially this past weekend. 
100% agree with what you're saying. And the reason why I want to back you up is because I don't want anybody, I'm looking at uh, who's watching and I can see Mark is watching. I just want to make sure I highlight that I don't think he's trying to switch over to the Five Flyers, Mark. I don't think that's what it is. It's not that he's trying to big up the Five Flyers because he's trying to switch allegiances. Um, because I, I would agree, I think Five um, looked pretty strong this past weekend. Um, and, and I'll back you up on that. So that's just so it doesn't look like you're switching your allegiance over, to, over there from the Belfast Giants. Um, he also had a big win in Coventry, 6-4 um, away, which is you know, the Sky Dome's a, a big building to go into. Um, so yeah, that's you know it can only be um, sort of positive looking at that. Yep. Um, I'm going to switch guys to our attention just over to the um, the, the cup, uh, the Challenge Cup, um, John's favorite trophy, um, and I'm just going to have a quick look there. Um, one team has already. Uh, qualified shall we say it already cemented their place a second team kind of maybe have claimed that they have we'll talk about that as well in period one um but the belfast giants i think after the game against fife um this past uh sun saturday um i think they they were on twitter they confirmed that they have cement they have already secured their slot into the next round um which um i guess is 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 pretty because i think it's top three from the group a that goes through anyway um the giants have played four games and have scored eight points from those four games uh, so an unbeaten record there the five flyers have played three games and scored two points and the glasgow clan have played three and scored two dundee have played two and scored no points um also, the other groups have played as well. Coventry, Cardiff and Guildford are in Group B, so haven't played two games apiece. And each team is sitting on two points as well each, uh, having lost one as well each. And then in Group C, we have Sheffield Steelers, Nottingham Panthers and Manchester Storm. Sheffield Steelers haven't played one game and scoring two points. Nottingham Panthers have played two games and two points. And then Manchester have played one game and no points. Um, so it will be interesting to see um, who just clinches those other spots in the two other um, groups. Obviously, John, as we were before we came on we were talking about obviously the, the challenge cup we know that the, the that the league put out a statement um uh, during the off season that the challenge cup as we know it um and as we have known it up until this point or until last year will continue in that format for this year for the 2023 2024 season um so we will have our usual uh group stages followed by our knockout stages follow um after that so it's i think for our group in group a we have six games so one game at home and one game away for each team and it's two games and two games home and two games away for the other groups um and just to clarify that I think if I remember correctly, and I'm sure this will come out later in the season, but I, I think there was t- conversations being had um, about potential if there's going to be changes for the Challenge Cup come next season. So we will look forward to potentially something coming out later in this season in relation to the Challenge Cup and the structure of the Challenge Cup. Because, um, John, we all know it's your favourite. Um, guys, I think that's it for our warm-up. Um, anybody else have anything before we move on? Uh, just one thing I just want to... Um... I can't throw up the comments this week, but Mark uh, did actually comment as we were uh, chatting at the very start there, and he's he's got a question for you, Marty. What's up with being forty? Um, there's nothing wrong with being forty. I don't think there. I don't think he's referring to me. Um, was he referring to me? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you, Mark. Um, there's nothing wrong with being forty. Um, nothing at all. Uh, we do have one other comment as well. Um, came through from uh, Mike, um, who's watching on YouTube, and uh, he's just saying it's okay for teams to be competitive. Investment into rinks is required. It also needs one leading body, mainstream media, and grassroots grounding. Football has taken decades to figure it out. Um, and I think listen, it's- listen, we're not going to get the sort of grassroots uh, improvements. We're not going to get the mainstream media if teams like Fife don't even resurface their car park. 
<laughs> oh, that was an experience. How, how's your How's your ankles after the weekend, Marty? Oh my god! Like I honestly, uh, I think when we were coming out in the pitch darkness and walking through the car park back to your car, I did go into a pothole and I thought my life is over. <laughs> I, tell you, I just thought I'm breaking. I'm going to break every single bone in my forty year old body. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, it was. Uh, dangerous and i was sending you at least we took your car because we obviously i had a hire car for the weekend um and i had a wee fiat 500 uh, we fiat 500 as a hire car and i swear if i had to took that to the uh to the rink uh, i i genuinely think it would have went, went into one of those potholes and i would have Mate, lost there were, the car there were potholes bigger than that 500 <laughs> definitely um it's it's crazy it's insane really is insane and i think that's got worse since the last time i was there i've only been i've been there twice before and i think that's definitely the worst it's been definitely yeah it hasn't been relayed since you were there last time that's why. <laughs> definitely not clearly not um okay guys um i am gonna call it there for our our, our pre pre-game amble shall we say our pre-game and um, we're gonna get swiftly moved on to our period one of hockey Period one is a roundup of stories um, coming out of the UK. So that would be that Elite League or um, NIHL or whatever that might be. Uh, so any stories that grab our attention from around the UK. Um, I am going to start off the this period with probably the most pressing conversation um, that's been, I suppose, hitting the social media. It's been doing the rounds from this past weekend. Um, as we mentioned, uh, me and John were in Fife um, Ice Arena on Saturday night for the Challenge Cup game against Be- Belfast Giants versus the, the, the Fife Flyers. Um, there was a non-call, shall we say, John, um, on the ice uh, in the third period uh, in which there was a collision on the, I think it was Ericsson, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, there was a collision, a, a hit from one of the Belfast Jazz players and a slight collision then for Ericsson into the plexi corner just by the away bench. Um, so it looked like maybe there was a bit of a, a hit, which looked like, was clean. I'm, I'm going to say it now, it was a clean hit. There was no nothing wrong with the hit from the Belfast Jazz player. There was nothing wrong with it at all. It just seemed to be whatever way the hit, whatever way the hit was done and the location of where the hit happened, Erickson, I believe it was Erickson, uh, continued yep, on and hit the corner part of the plexi, uh, just kind of where the ridge kind of start, where the plexi starts into the, the fan section and then was knocked, was probably winded or knocked down and kind of came out and it looked quite bad. It did look bad. He, he took a core hit and it went down. Um, I think there was a bit of a mix around whether or not the ref should have called a penalty. Um, I think no, people were was, saying it should have been no, a penalty. There was, there was no, there was no, there was nobody calling for a call other than a small section of Flyers fans who we could see them. So we're we were on that side, if you like, where we were sitting in the away section, um, and we saw the hit, and it was very clear immediately that Ericsson had taken a, an awkward hit, like you said, from the the corner of the plexi. But at the time, I like. I jumped straight up and was like, the play has to be called called dead. But it was absolutely a, in inverted commas, clean hit. It, it is a clean hit. Um, it's unfortunate where it was. He was getting squeezed out by the Giants player. Um, it was a, an offensive rush by the Flyers. Um, and if that's three feet forward from the initial point of contact, all that happens is he gets rubbed up the boards and up the plexi uh, into the corner and absolutely no problem. It's unfortunate. It led to a significant delay between Ericsson uh, being 
looked after rightly by the on ice medical staff, um, and then the ice crew coming on to effect. I think what happened is they replaced the padding yeah. that was around that sort of corner stanchion of the the plexi where it starts. Um, because it'd be obviously been either dislodged or whatever had happened. Yeah, yeah, so the, the yeah. ice crew came on and fixed it before play could resume. Yeah. Um, but for any fan watching, if you are at a game and you see something like that and you think it's dirty, do you know what? Take a second, have a look at the benches. Have a look at the coaches. Because I'll tell you right now, if there was a call to be made there, from a Five Flyers perspective, Tom Cullen would have been losing it on the bench. The rest of the Flyers players would have been losing it. There would have been a much bigger call for the Giants player to answer the bell for what would have been perceived as a dirty hit. Absolutely none of that happened. None of the benches reacted. None of the coaches reacted. There was a little bit of, I don't even want to call it handbags, there was just a bit of grabbing on the ice uh, afterwards because it just looked like a heavy hit at the time. That was it. So... If you're going to lose it in the stands and start shouting and swearing at officials and players and all the rest of it, and we're going to come on to what this has kind of led into in a second. Take a beat, have a look at the players, have a look at the guys who are actually playing the game and know it inside out, because that's going to tell you what your reaction should be. Yeah, and as you alluded to, um, one fan in particular who I had clocked earlier in the night because <clears throat> he was getting more and more animated as as the pints were maybe slightly going back a bit more um, because he was in the bar, I think, during that final period. Um, we were sensible and we were going for pints of, of, of Coke Zero and stuff, which is the oddest thing for an away game for me. Um, but uh, as we were kind of in and around the arena, you know, or we were in around the bar area, you know, you could see how he was getting a bit more agitated and riled up banging on the plexi in that final period uh, but then as the final whistle went and the refs were leaving the ice um, said fan decided to follow the refs off the ice um, or try to follow the refs off the ice to which the security man hanging down off the stands to start with so that if you don't know Kirkcaldy the, the stripes come off more or less um, at centre ice on the uh, penalty box side and then have to turn right, walk down past uh, a stand of fans before they turn left and go into their locker room. Uh, there are a few members of security, just rank staff, essentially, uh, standing around there. Uh, but this fan decided to hang over the um, the edge of this. Now, this is not the first time that the Flyers have had problems with interactions from the stands, either with players and officials, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um Player was leaning over the side, having a bit of verbals with the linesman. Um, there, there definitely was a back and forward with the the stripes. Um, it's with one of the linesmen in particular who stopped um, to engage with this fan. I don't think that's right either. Uh, I think these guys, they obviously we don't have a game without the stripes, but they maybe need to realise that standing and maybe having a word with uh, fans who let's be honest, they've had a couple of hours to have a few jars as well. It's maybe not the, the best thing to do. That's not in any way defending what the fan has done. But he's then run down the stairs at the little inlet that goes to the official's locker room. And the next, we've lost sight of him at that point for a few seconds. The next time we see him is um, basically with both arms behind his back being led out of the rink by security. Um, so absolutely no excuse. And Mario, you're, I think you're going to talk about what the reaction then has come from the league. Yeah, so the, obviously the league, um, the obviously the abuse 
on or just off it well on ice off ice so we call it um that abuse that physical altercation that obviously was diffused a bit and diffused after um security getting involved also then after game led on to um abuse online um in which uh, we had fans from the five flyers um sliding into the refs dms um and shouting abuse at the refs as well the game officials um and their personal social media accounts um there was a post put out by the elite league that just simply said when the game's on the game is on when the game's over the game is over abusive dms into uh, game officials personal social media accounts not cool never cool um and they've shown one of the responses which was uh you and your brother are a disgrace hope you're, the fan got a punch in <clears throat> we've we've talked about it before guys um the elite league um and x shall we say not twitter x or whatever way you want to call it i know john you want to you don't want to move over to x you want to call it keep calling it twitter um but we've talked about this before we talked about this in seasons prior fans get riled up fans will say whatever say whatever it is and we can have a moan about the refs of the elite league we've had players who have had a moan about the refs in the elite league we've had players coming out at the end of the season on said social media platform and just letting loose and just letting it just just letting it flow in relation to what their thoughts were on refing in this league um that's that's no secret we all know that conway did that at the end of last season um but at the end of the day and I've seen this put up by many, many people, and I have to agree with it. If we don't have refs, there's no game. And it's so hard if you have a ref who's just getting, if you're getting refs who are getting, um, and, and rightly or wrongly, you can have your own opinion on how good the refing is in this league and, and whatever else, else is. We know there's some that are great. We know there's some others that maybe they're slightly questionable. And when you see their name on the on the game sheet, you're kind of like, oh no, it's going to be a hard night. Um, but at the end of the day, if we don't have people wanting to come through to become linesmen or um officials on the ice will we'll struggle um at the end of the day how are we going to replace those, those those ones who are coming up who are going to, who decide to leave you know it's it's all about the progression of refing and how do we improve the refing in this league um and look we, we we have left we've we've lost officials through this already they're off the back of this there have been conversations on social media about uh people who have left the game uh, hmm. because of either abuse directed at them or at family, at parents, whatever. Um, Todd Kelman put it incredibly well on A View From The Bridge this week um, where he said that the officials, we know that players play the game because they love the game, um, especially when you get to the sort of positions of our league. They're, they're not playing it for the big bucks. They're playing it for the love of the game. The same is absolutely true of the officials. They are they are officials on the ice because they love the game and they love being officials. This gives them the opportunity to serve the game that they love. Nobody on social media has any right to take that away from anyone. Nobody in the stands has any right to take that away from anyone. So I think I don't often use this uh, this phrase that was, uh, Dave, you said it earlier, it was directed at us as Belfast Giants fans, but you know what? See on social media, wind your neck in, folks. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, it's it's a tough one. Like whenever, I know we've all we've all shouted, but most like at the refs and during games and stuff. But like once the game's over, you know, let bygones. You know, at the end of the day, that's their job. I still, I can't, I wouldn't be able. Like, could you imagine doing this in your day to day, sitting at your desk on your computer and someone's shouting over your corner, shouting over your shoulder at you? You would, uh, you would lose the plot. Um, and that's just not fair. So that's keep it professional. Keep it professional. Um, guys, I think um, 
I think we can move on. I think that's 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 us covering that story. I think that's uh, done done now, done to death now. Um, as we say, like you know, if you're gonna, if you you know, it's 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 not with great power comes with great responsibility. But you know, if you're sitting there with social media um, and you've got something to say, by all means, say something, and and people can either. Uh, can either want to listen or not want to listen to you, but it's never and it's never never a good idea, never cool to just slide into some someone's DM, shout abuse or whatever it is. Especially these people who halfway through the year will say about um you know when it comes to like mental health day and stuff and about like you know how it's, how we have to look after each other, how we have to look after each other's mental health. It's people that will scream that at one point and then at the next moment they're saying some really bizarre hateful things as well online. So let's just really think about what you're what you're going to say before you start posting. Um, we will come back to social media in a minute. Um, I think there's two stories. Oh, do we have to? Well, we're going to come back to two stories in relation to the Sheffield Steelers. Um, one was quite a funny um faux pas on um Twitter. Sheffield Steelers with a faux pas on on social media. What? Um, but we're going to come back to that. But I'm going to go over, move over first off to two stories that I wanted to um talk about um for the po- whenever if, whenever we're going to record last week. Um, just because I, I did want to talk about them. The first one is coming out of the league, coming from the league itself. Um, this was obviously the elite league announcing um last just not last week the start yeah the start of last week they were announcing about the um the new package of statistics that is now live as part of the elite league games this season um and they've started to, to use um have you guys seen this have you guys been looking at any of the stuff that the elite league have been putting together um so the elite league have put together a, a new feature where you it kind of comes off the, the back of the playoffs i think they trialed it out during the playoffs and i think they trialed it at, i think one of the belfast giants games potentially at the end of the season as well i think it was maybe the challenge cup final maybe it was they tried it as well uh, where yep. they were trialing the time on ice uh, which was done at the challenge cup final and playoff final weekend um, and they are now doing this like expected goals and measuring statistics in relation to percentage likelihood of uh, a specific team in the league winning the or a specific team in in the game who's going to win what that kind of thing and who's likely to win we've seen this in the belfast giants game um i think it was maybe like two or three weeks ago which is really bizarre because it was like i think it was like there was four minutes left of the game the giants were dominating in that game i think there was was it like four nil up or something like that and it was like um the likelihood of the giants to win this game 100 i was like duh it's <laughs> like what that's bizarre um but um some of the statistics they are going to be able to show is um expected goals sh- um heat maps in relation to the shots uh updated face uh face off percentages that sort of thing and time on ice i mean it's it's good to have it finally um i know we see this in, in some of the professional teams around the league uh, or sorry professional leagues around the world um but it's nice to have um have this this going on however i was quite um, surprise now someone within the elite league can come back to us and kind of confirm if this is exactly how it's being done right across each rink across the the whole of the uk but john you were saying i in my head i thought during the challenge cup final um i thought that the players must have been wearing some kind of like sensor or something that tells them whenever they go on and off that's too sophisticated supposedly you were saying all it is is simply people sitting with the timers and then when a player goes on they hit the timer and then they stop it when the player comes off is that is that real no no so it no so it is more complicated than that so i during playoffs i've done it to death everyone knows that i was there as media oh, at playoffs <laughs> at the playoff final weekend yeah yeah so i spent a couple of the games or not even two full games i think i had one full game um on the, the first day of games the not belfast game up in the uh media box and on one side uh the entire row of seats two rows of seats were taken up with uh, a team of people on ipads 
And what they were doing was watching the line changes and tapping uh, on the particular player. Only got a, a sort of brief little angle view of what they were doing, but they were essentially taking players on and off the ice. So that was how they were doing that stat-based thing. Now, I, I don't know how they're doing it at all the rinks now. Um, I I have been trying to keep an eye or as I've gone to games, I did it this weekend past in, in Glasgow and in Fife. And I've got absolutely no idea how they're doing it. So they may have transitioned over to a sensor package now. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But when you've got Glasgow who don't even have goal line technology and tried to complain about the goal that absolutely should have stood because their netminder kicked the nets off the goal... Um, I find it incredibly hard to believe that those teams are managing a, a sensor package uh, if they can't get a camera to work that points down at the goal. So honestly, I'm going to say it, I've got no idea how they're doing it, uh, whether it's been done via um, video footage um, that's been transmitted through to somebody somewhere. You know, EIHL Towers are doing this somehow. Literally no idea. Yeah. It's yeah. it's great. It's great to have stats. Don't it get is. me wrong. Yep. I absolutely love it. Um but when you've got like expected uh like win um and all that sort of stuff coming up with a very strange percentage, um, like it's maths is a, a wonderful creature. Um and it throws up different uh different challenges to different people. So I, I've literally got no idea. Yeah, I read I read the explanation about the expected goals story, um, and about you know how the percentages were worked out in relation to like the percentage for the game, and I swear, I, like I obviously I, the last time again, given away my age, um, the last time I think I did algebra was probably early two thousands, and I and I and I swear when I read this um analogy, I thought to myself. I should have maybe kept a wee eye on my algebra and how to how to work it out. It was all like X Y G lines and and all this stuff, and I was like, "What are we talking about here?" Um, but basically, at the end of the day, they 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 basically calculate how many goals are going in, how 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 many shots are happening at certain dots part or across the the rink, and then it, it indicates a line that basically says there's a chance here they're going to score, and this is when they're going to score. Um, which I just think is really weird. Um, how it can be that accurate? Um, the other one I did like was that each player will also have a category. Um where it'll tell you how many block shots a player has had and you'll be able to see which players then have used their body the most um, in order to kind of see who's been blocking shots the most, which I thought was quite an interesting one. Um, any of these information, anything on the statistics, I know statistics might be sound boring, but anything in the statistics that uh, that you guys kind of picked out, kind of thought that's worth an eye, that's worth, an, uh, worth to keep an eye on? Uh, face-off percentages, definitely. Huge. Um, you probably can't like it's something that we um, that are so important, but you, you're literally having to keep track of them in your own head um, before. Um, so it's really good, especially things like uh, offensive and defensive wins, because um, it's you know you're looking at the possibility of uh, power play goals and things like that. You know, shorthanded goals and stuff. So, but yeah, definitely faceoffs. John, yeah, anything? I'm not a massive like I'm not a massive like stats nerd, but to be honest, the one thing that I did like that we saw at playoffs, and I remember we talked about it at the time, and I'm I'm enjoying looking at them now post game, is the shot heat maps. Mm. Yeah, they're they're quite is. interesting. They they give you a real picture of offensively at least how a team is set up, um, whether it's a team that's going to be physical and crash the net or if it's going to be a team that are more about the setup play and the the shots are going to come from the high slot or out on the blue line. So 
that to me is, is more interesting than anything else. And that was going to lead me on to one last question before we moved on from this story. Um, I guess, you know, for us as fans, being able to see these heat maps, being able to see all of these bits and pieces around who's taking block shots, who's on, who's going to be on the ice more, who's getting the most face-offs and whose percentage of face-offs is higher than others. I mean, we're guessing the Giants and the other... I don't know why I just said the Jazz, it's just they're in my head there. I'm guessing the teams across the Elite League, I'm guessing they already had some kind of form of collecting this data so they could see what was going on against other teams, so they could kind of do their homework going into playing against so Belfast going up against Cardiff, so they have a bit of an idea of what how Cardiff been performing over the last, you know, five games, whatever it is. But this simply just will just kind of help them even more having the statistics out there that's going to show heat maps, going to show, do you think that's going to be the kind of way they'll work it? Or do you think it's just going to be then each team will be like, well, they're doing this and we'll, we'll try and counteract that. So therefore change up their play to kind of, what do you think? That, that'll be a, that'll be a way that they will use this data. There's absolutely no way about it. My understanding is that um, each team was responsible for gathering that data themselves. There's a reason that, um, the often lauded giant stats team uh, were so important and have been so important to Adam. It's been going through game tape and collecting that data. There was, there was no official collection of that data until now. Um, and the fact that it's been made slightly more official, I don't think it takes away from what the teams will have been doing anyway. They will still have that a role for those stats guys um, in their game tape analysis. Um, so I think it's an extra tool, but what this specifically does is it opens that side of the game to fans. Uh, I think this is the it's the start of people gaining a greater understanding for the game that's happening in front of them. It's not a case of oh they're fast, oh they hit each other on the boards, oh that guy just punched that guy in the face. It's looking at the intricacies of the game and bringing you more in depth uh, information and content. Uh, and getting an appreciation of, yes, they're moving incredibly fast, but there's a lot of thought goes into what they do. Um, agreed. <clears throat> Sorry, a couple of comments coming in from Facebook, of all places. Um, so the first one's from um, somebody that we know. <laughs> uh, John, Megan's, hey, Megan. wanting, Megan's wanting to know, uh, with the Flyers <laughs> scoring their winning shot in the last two minutes against Coventry, do you think they deserve the win? <laughs> If they scored one second before the end of the uh, the game, they deserved the win. So yes, uh, we should say that Megan. Uh, you do know Megan quite well, um, John. Um, <laughs> it's my, uh, yeah, she's my sister-in-law. <laughs> so there could be a couple of uh, uh, of the McCanns in today to kind of give you a bit of. I'm hard sure. Time. I'm sure Megan has dragged um, her her partner, her fiance, in as well. So he's probably uh, listening to this, having absolutely no idea what we're talking about. Uh, next up, we have another familiar name to the show. Um, he's not on with us tonight, but Aaron throwing in a message there. Uh, he just says, with AI and video analysis, there has to be software technology out there to do that these days. Um, and then also then we've got Neil. He's, he's just fishing for a job with a team. That's, that's it, yeah. Uh, we've got Neil Braden, um, first time watching. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, and the link shows how to pull the data. Uh, the link shows how to pull the data. So again, um, there's a link on the the, the the article that we've been reading um so yeah we can have a look at that um thank you very much uh john we will switch to you you've got the next story in this period yeah um so this was uh <clears throat> i think this was the the social media uh funny social media that you were talking about Mari. so we had the um sheffield steelers uh who went online uh and somewhat ironically have uh, said yeah, we're we're not going to be able to play our uh, 
Challenge Cup quarterfinal at home. Uh, now that raised a few eyebrows. Wasn't that, play- wasn't that playoff? Wasn't that playoff? Oh, sorry, playoff, playoffs. Yeah. Sorry, playoffs. Um, their playoff quarterfinal at the arena because a boy band is going to play uh, their arena, and <laughs> it's already confirmed. So sorry, but uh, my heart bleeds for you, and surely, surely. Tony should now be coming on and saying, "Look, we're we're just going to forfeit the game. We're we're going to give two points to whoever it is that uh, we happen to be facing that night." Um, but the the more interesting point, obviously, is that uh, congratulations to the Steelers on on making playoffs, uh, having played what two, three league games so far this season. Uh, congratulations, guys! Um, I'm surprised. I don't think yet they've done it. But I don't think they've put the X on their uh, their social media accounts yet. No, not just yet. To show that they've qualified. Not just yet. Um, yeah, I just thought it was it was it was quite funny. It was quite ironic. And I think what was funnier was, and we talk about obviously we talked about social media earlier on. But there's there's a there's a lighthearted part of social media too, where um, there's people who are able to just kind of jump on straight away and and make really just like really funny comment like there is people out there who can just kind of put in really non-aggressive funny comments that are just like uh, ironic comments and there is ones that you'll just read you'll just read uh, and actually the name of our the title of our podcast is because of something i read uh in the comments section about a story we're going to cover in a few we're going to cover in the um penalty box segment and I mean, there is some really funny things. I just think that the comment section underneath when the when the Steelers put this up, the comment section underneath about the, the irony of the fact that there is a, a, a game that has to be cancelled or can't be played in their arena. It's not cancelled. They'll probably have to try and switch to somewhere else. Um, but the, well, they'll, they'll go to Ice Sheffield. The irony of the fact that it was a boy band and the, the whole stink that was caused about the uh, the, the boy band, the, the, the famous boy band situation in Belfast a, a number of years ago. Um, it, it was pretty ironic. Um, I, think, I think it was One Direction we're supposed to be or playing in Belfast and I think that was the whole thing around um, games being cancelled and, and forfeited believe, and points being given I believe this time around I believe this time around it's take that oh. um, so uh, I think uh, whoever they they happen to be playing in that game should uh, take those two points and run with them <laughs> boom boom <sighs> <laughs> and Awful. did I read that the um, the Steelers played in the Arnold Schwarzenegger arena um, yep. they yeah, up yes. a really weird tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't even like a spelling mistake. They actually <laughs> tagged him. So I don't know what was going on like that day. Um, I don't know who who had the Steelers uh, account phone that day, but whoever was doing it, I say I think I sent you guys the meme of uh, Homer. Uh, it's like <laughs> the fingers you have used to tweet are too fat. It was, uh, that must yeah. have led to an incredibly confused Arnold Schwarzenegger now to be fair he probably gets tagged in a lot of stuff uh, either randomly or by accident or just on purpose by complete randomers trying to tag him and stuff um, look, at, look at me saying that Arnold Schwarzenegger runs his own X account as well <laughs> the, the likelihood is is so so slim but I imagine uh, a bunch of uh, folk from Sheffield commenting on something below where he'd been tagged that would be very confusing he's a man of a certain age as well he is indeed um guys the last story for this period uh before we move into our penalty box segment um i just wanted a quick t- quickly touch upon because this is something i was going to mention in uh, on our last recording which we didn't get a chance to do um and this maybe is just from the start of uh, from about middle second week of september but the middle of september since yeah since our last recording anyway um and that was the announcement that the elite league will continue with their pride celebrations for the 2020 uh, 2023 2024 season um and they've confirmed the dates for that um and it'll be the traditional um 
Pride weekend celebrations. Um, this se- that uh, this season will take place uh, in January time again, so the twenty seventh and twenty eighth of January. Um, Cardiff Devils will organise their own game as part of their continued um, support and standing partnership with LGBT um, LGBT in Wales. Um, I suppose it's it's an important. It's it's an interesting story in that we know the the NHL this season have kind of said that they're not going to be doing the, the traditional kind of um, campaigns that they've done in the past, um, that including the, their their hockey is for everyone campaign. That that's not something that's going to happen this season. Um, the elite league continuing um, with that um, is obviously is is, is obviously um, strong support for that um, within this league um, that'll continue and it's going to continue again this season um, there's been a lot of media attention around um, trans rights and a lot of stuff this week as well coming I don't want to get political but there's been a lot of stuff this obviously this week coming from um, the powers that be in, in the UK um, so I guess at this time it's probably a a, a good a good point the fact that they're, they're still that this, this is still going to happen um, in the league in some yeah, form yeah I'm, I'm more I'm more impressed that the elite league has decided to maintain this when the NHL at the back end of their last regular season announced that they would be stopping all of these kind of events because Mm -hmm. of the sort of media furore around players not taking part and all the rest of it. So they've essentially stopped all of their theme nights uh, I think they called it, um, or their their one-off jersey nights and all the rest of it. They've pretty much stopped all of them. Um, the Elite League, however, um, and we're going to talk about it later on uh, as well, about theme nights, um, but the Elite League carrying on. Theme nights are one thing, but this, I think, is really important. It sends a really important message, and I'm glad to see the Elite League. for Actually, do you know what? For once, leading the way. Yep. Agreed. There's a, the, the US are obviously in a bit of a sorry state in general. It's a bit of a more of a divided USA than United. Um, and there's a lot of that um, up and down different states with very different opinions, whether you agree or don't agree with them. Um, it, it's uh, it's not a single uh, voice anymore um, from, from the country. So it's uh, they, they can't seem to find their way out of any of these big um, questions or agree on anything right now. So. Agreed. Um, guys, I'm going to move on um, and, and go into our penalty box. We do have a few stories to cover, both within the Elite League and also in the NIHL. So we'll get swiftly moved on to our penalty box segment. You forgot there was a penalty box segment video, didn't you? I, I bet you did. Um, I thought there was music for it. I don't know why. It's like that Mandela effect, you know, whenever you... <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> yeah, I no. was like, where's the music? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. There's no music. Um, there wasn't supposed to play any music. Don't worry. Um, we are just going to quickly talk about Dops. Um, they are back. Um, we, we didn't know how long it would be before Dops would show their head in the Elite League. Um, and actually, it turned out that Dops showed their, 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 their heads right from... from basically game one uh, or weekend first weekend um although this is kind of an older uh story um i, I suppose and the, obviously the the the, the penalty has been um has been set already and it's been done um but the first in during game one between sheffield and the coventry blaze um on the 22nd of september 2023 uh coventry um blaze player blake thompson was um fined for boarding um during that game um there was no 
um no game penalty but it was a fine and that's where the name of this title came from in terms of lucas hitting the packet of monster munch someone <laughs> someone said i think john actually i think you started a conversation around and we've had this conversation before again they've said a fine has been has been put in place we're not going to tell you what that fine is we're not going to tell you how much that fine is we're not going to tell you where that fine goes same old story same old same old still not being any clarity around that and underneath your comments and a couple of others i think you'd start a conversation and someone underneath the comments had wrote had, had wrote this as a, as a comment and apologies for not remembering who the user was that put in this comment but it got me so much like I, it just made me laugh and that's why i thought that's the perfect title for this podcast um i mean no surprise there um the only thing that i would want to talk about about coming out of this this story um which is kind of a a darker kind of worrying kind of thing that happened was that um after the the hit and the fine that thompson received um the sheffield steelers um on i think it was the star the day after um ran a story from which included um about uh I think it was, was it, hang on, let me just get it up here. Um, it was Kevin Tanzi, um, who basically came out, he's the, kind of the enforcer for the team after the opening day. And he came, came out and said, you know, I'm not going to forget it. Um, I just want him to know that I know who he is and I'll remember who he is later in the season. I mean, it's, it's, you know, should that, is there a place for that in terms of, you know, should the league be kind of clamp, clamping down on the fact that like, is there a potential here for a future game? I know they'll say it's a bit of spicy and it'll bring a bit of draw to the game and people are like, oh, what's going to happen? But should this be happening? Um, should this be allowed to be like put out on in a, in a, in a newspaper or a, a media um, outlet in terms of saying, oh, uh, he better look out for himself kind of thing? Uh, first of all, it's uh, ragtop journalism at its finest uh, for a very start. Um, I know it's a, a, a well-known uh journalist who covers Sheffield about four times a week. Uh, it's through Bob Westerdale through the Sheffield Star. Um but to be honest, the the bigger issue here is what media training are the Steelers giving to their players. And uh, surely that is something that should never have even been said to a journalist. Uh, these guys are clearly not not being briefed properly. Um and I hope it continues because I actually really, really hope that I'm going to get to interview a Steelers player at some point very, very soon. Um, so, and I hope they say something controversial, and I hope it blows up, and we get all the mentions off the back of it. Um, <laughs> but the the issue that this creates is if something is to happen, say we end up with a, a Fred or Galakos situation, we end up with a, a a sucker punch, we end up with a a leg being kicked out in self defence. Uh, or whatever, or we end up with a Joe Grimaldi situation where he just takes any piece of hard equipment he's got on and tries to uh, murder someone with it. Um, this sets a precedent. So really, if it comes to DOPS or it comes to supplementary discipline, then do they take this into account? Is this on the player's record? Um, my 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 guess is it won't be, but my feeling is it should be. It's a, it's a strange thing to see in this day and age. We all would have seen it uh, back in the the sort of the dark days of the Elite League when it was literally just um, guys like Jason Rushton and um, uh, McMorrow for the Giants, you know, that were just goons for hire um, and couldn't do anything else, you know, and the, you would expect 
something like that from uh, whenever the league was um, going through that sort of phase. Um, to me, the league's got so uh, so skilled and so professional. Um, well, you sort of think that that there's no place for that sort of thing anymore. Um, and surely, if off the back, if there is an altercation with the same player by the player that uh, made the statement, um, that's has to be go down as head hunting. You know, it's like mm-hmm. pre premeditated um, attempt danger. You know, sort of things like that. There, even if it's a um, uh, a legal hit, you know, you're going, you know, you went out there to do something other than play your game. Yep, that's like exactly what I thought um, when that was put out. I was kind of saying, how does he? How does if there's a if there's genuinely clean hit um, in that game um, um, and coming from both parties? How does he defend himself in thinking that there's not it's not a premeditated type thing and and how does the league not look at that as a premeditated thing? Um, but I guess we'll see when they play against each other again and, and see if there is a remembrance and see if he does remember him or not. Um, but as you say, John, we, we'll we'll keep an eye out for that and hopefully um, it gives us a bit of could space be a bit of later. Could be. You're right. Um, You're right. And well, do you know what? Game. Do you know what? It's two teams that aren't the Giants. I hope they go hell for leather after each other. And I hope I hope I hope ten guys on each team get banned for the rest of the season. Go for it, guys. Uh, I'm going to look at the other two DOPS decisions that have been made from this past weekend. Um, so this this weekend this weekend just just passed, and the, so this is uh, these were put out on the first of uh, October. So I think this was because they had both had games on Sunday night, both Dundee and also um, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> uh, Glasgow Clam. Um, so uh, the first one is for Johnny Walker. Um, which I, again I stand by it's the best name, name best name for a Scottish for a player to go into a Scottish team like I just think great name uh, but Johnny Walker was um, assessed for an illegal check to the head against Storm 4 uh, Will Marchant um, the video obviously if you've had a chance to look at it hopefully you guys have um, kind of gives an indication that Marchant makes play on the puck passing to a teammate um, and after the puck is gone Walker initiates a high hit um, making the head the main point of contact um, he has received um I guess a, a fine answer was suspended for two games um, as a result of that hit to the head. Um, have you guys both had a look at the hit? Have you looked at the the the, the story that Dots put out? The, uh, John, we'll come to you. The, You're on your head. The Johnny Walker hits is disgusting. Um, the for this to be two games is is brutal. Um, this should be a much bigger ban. He we talked about head hunting. That is ex- that is the definition of what he's done here. He skates with intent at the player and as he approaches him he lifts his body he lifts his arm and to be honest point first point of contact if it's not the upper arm it's the it's the elbow um there there is a lot going on here that is a willful intent to injure that's six games eight games could be more it's not two games and i don't care that Johnny Walker for the stars won't have a a previous history with the elite league. What the league have said here is you target someone's head and I I can't remember if they said that an injury was, um, there was an injury on the play. Um, It it doesn't matter if there's an injury in the play or not with direct contact to the head. Look at the way it's been treated in rugby at the minute. You've got the rugby world cup going on. Any direct content to the head is treated as a, a straight um, red card, review. essentially. Straight yeah, and further well, review. They've got the review period, but whatever. Um, the, we're talking here about supplementary discipline. We're talking here of what happens after the game. 
the league have to take a stance on this. And no, that is shocking. That sets a precedence. The scary thing is is the his own head movement, Johnny Walker's own head movement. He clocks him, he turns, eyes him, then hits him. That, yeah. And I know that we're seeing it in slow motion and all that jazz, but that happens about five strides before the hit. He's winding that up now. You could be saying he's winding up for a check, but still, that's it's a player non uh, a player that's not in the play. He doesn't have possession of the puck. He wasn't a legal check, and then he follows through with a head check. Like it's definitely more than two two games in my opinion. The other thing is, look at the way that um, Merchant goes down as well. Oh, yeah. The way that Merchant goes down to the ice is is brutal. The, like, the m- momentum that spins him and everything is the momentum carries him uh the way that his inside leg or sorry his outside leg as he falls that could be a lower body injury could be a result of that let alone a potential head injury let alone if he knocks him out then he's falling to the ground unprotected he's not going to break his own fall could hit his head there's a, a lot going on here like we us and a lot of other people talk about the fact that these guys are all doing this for a job and nobody should go to work and leave injured. Uh, And for, for Walker to do that, that's willful intent to me. And that needs to be dealt with much, much harsher by the league. I think they've made a, I think this is the first DOPS disaster of the season. And will there be many to come? Good question. Um, guys, the other one from this weekend as well, um, as we already mentioned, was the um, ins- the suspension of Glasgow clan um, player Dyson Do you know Stevens. what, Anthony? I, I said it. Ten guys banned for the season. Look, let's, ju- let's just do it. Let's try it. It seems to work elsewhere. <laughs> um, as I was saying, um, we have the other one from this past weekend um, is Dyson Stevenson for the Glasgow clan um, was assessed a fighting instigator major and mandatory game misconduct during the final five minutes of the game uh, between the Cardiff Devils and the Glasgow clan. Therefore, he has received a automatic one game suspension for this. Um, it's cut and dry. Um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is um, I thought I had seen somewhere like someone correct me if I'm wrong. I thought there was a change to that rule this season where it said something about the player, the bench coach for the team will also receive some form of disciplinary action if their player starts a fight in the last five minutes. Now, I don't know if I'm dreaming that. I don't know if someone can maybe clarify that. Someone out there in 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 hockey world can clarify that. I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere, and I think I thought we had a conversation about that um, during the off season. And I thought I remember saying to myself, "Oh, they'll have to really look after the fact that they're not going to let their players go overboard," because I think it was something like the coach was going to get a mandatory one game suspension, or there was something about not being able to control their bench. But I can't find it. And whenever I tried to link in, when I tried to link on to that that elite league case book and look in, look into that. It just goes to a dead, <laughs> dead link. So I, can't, I couldn't even read it today. Um, anybody? Am I? Am I yeah, completely insane? It rings a bell with me. I don't know um, exactly where I think I've seen it, but it does ring a bell. But that's that's just eat this um, and look at the previous one. Like this is uh, basically uh, um, an admin penalty to stop fights leading into the final minutes and getting out of hand as the game comes to a close, and that gets one game. And the the big check to the head gets two. You know, there's a strange disparity there. I don't know. I don't know. Um, John, were you doing a quick frantic Google search there? Why did I hear? 
Yeah, talk, talk amongst yourselves. I've got the game book. Um, but it's, do you know what? It's a horrendous document and I already can't be bothered. So uh, I'm just going to close it again. Well, it'll obviously, it'll obviously be somewhere down around rule 46. So that helps in any way, shape or form. Um, do you yeah. know what it does? It, it does you telling me the number. So, you know what? Talk amongst yourself for a second. Okay. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry, what were you going to say there? Yeah, so these, I'm not a fan of these style uh, penalties. Um, obviously, I'm not a big fan of uh, confident of the fighting of the sport anymore. Um, and but I do think that these are a bit of a weird penalty. You know that sort of just because it happens in certain times. You know it's not. Um, it's a bit weird. I don't know if it's um, something I like. I think it's just adds. It doesn't add anything to the sport. If you know what I mean. If you're going to do that, then you should be basically increasing the the penalty in general for fighting because um, it's just a bit strange and then the instigator and aggressor you know it's a judgment call half the time agreed um sorry, uh, so on the game book that i've got here there's nothing about no. additional uh, discipline for coaches okay so i made that up completely apologies i genuinely thought i'd seen somewhere but yeah I'll go back and see if I can find what I was thinking about. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll continue on. Uh, John, the next couple are uh, over to you. I think it's from the, the world of NIHL. Um, so it's good to see Anthony's there because he might want to jump in as well. But uh, yeah, there was a couple of uh, big ones there. Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to go into all of the EIHA. Uh, do- so we talked last podcast or the podcast before about the, the rebrand of um, NIHL DOPS. Um, and they've got their lovely new uh, Twitter, which makes following this sort of stuff really easy. And do you know what? Actually, even simpler than what the Elite League does, they actually put their um, their case video on uh, Twitter or X or whatever. So you don't actually even have to click into the website to find it all. You can just watch the video straight there. Um, so the, the couple that I want to bring up, they were at the very start of the season, um, and these were... Uh, Patrick Grigors uh, of the Billingham Stars was uh, banned or suspended for 12 games for boarding. Uh, this, to me, of the two of these is the, the more serious one, guys. I don't know if you've seen yeah, the, the video yet. I've, it's harsh. I've, I've vamped and, and waffled long enough, I think, to let you watch uh, this video. Um, that That's that's a brutal hit. Is it like unsuspecting yeah. uh, opponent? Um I think that one's fair enough. I think with the 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 tier system and the penalty system that they have, I think that's fair enough. And I haven't seen anything about uh, uh, anything being appealed here. Um, quite honestly, I don't know what the appeals process is uh, down there with uh, with uh, NIHL DOPS. If it's anything like the EIHL, it's going to be shrouded in mystery. Um, but yeah, I think fair enough. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Seems yeah. To me. It's tough. Yep. Um, so that's on Twitter. Uh, if anyone wants to have a, a, a look at it and see what you make of the the hit itself and whether you agree that it was a, a 12-game ban. Um, and actually, if one of you could do me a solid, actually, and throw up um, the comment that's just come in from Anthony on YouTube there, that would be uh, really good. Um, I, I did know about this, sorry, and I didn't actually mention it, that, uh, yeah, the, the hit actually... Um, caused a, a serious injury on the play, um, fractured cheekbone. Um, 
wasn't aware that Gregor's had a history of bad hits. So, like you said, Marty, it's nice to have Anthony in the background here. Um, <laughs> an elephant never forgets, and <laughs> a Gregor's never learns. Um, <laughs> so, and I do remember seeing something online about this, about asking for clarification as to why it was twelve, and I think that was forthcoming. Uh, and Anthony, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you you were involved in that conversation on on social media, so. Uh, we've we've definitely got the the right person listening uh, or watching in uh, currently as well. The other band then uh, that I thought was worth bringing up uh, was the Witness Wild uh, player Damarni James. Uh, Marty, aren't you glad that I'm doing yeah. the, the, the yep. players' names? Um, yeah. So this was a, a tier two ten game ban for checking from behind. Uh, so guys, again, uh, I don't know if you've had a, a chance to to have a look at this one. Um, I think it's another fair enough one. Uh, I think it's 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 very clearly checking from behind. The player's in a vulnerable vulnerable position. Um, he's along the the boards at the benches as well, so you don't even have that additional potential protection, which we talked about that hit in Fife of the plexi potentially giving you that extra level of of safety um but yeah it's it's a bad hit um and it's it's also needless it feels like it's behind the play uh, as well it feels like the play has moved on and that's an easy easy hit to just not make so i i think the nihl dops have got these these are two serious bands but I think they've got them 100% right, actually, in, in this case. Yep. Any thoughts from no, you guys? I agree. I agree. Um, both look, you know, from the video reviews and the video that was shown, both look quite, like, the hits just are strong. Like, they're really, like, incredible hits. That that boarding call, particularly, is just so, like, blatant. And it looks like a harsh one. that You can tell how someone got injured from that. Um, and that second one, there's definitely, a, like, like, a knee rise from behind. It does look like he's been, he's been taken out quite um targeted anyway um yeah both brutal i think they're they're right um i think anthony put up one more comment um he's just saying the james hit is a frustrating one the kid is super talented potentially in the next wave the hit is bad though um with the numbers needlessly um guys i think that's it for period one does anybody else have anything before we move on no well with that then what we'll do is we'll round off uh, our period one of hockey and we'll move swiftly into our period two of hockey Hello, I'm back. Um, doing period two. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> thank you for holding down the fort and making sure that the um, that other people continue to do the research because um, obviously I haven't done any more. Um, <laughs> with everything going on, it's been a bit uh, a bit chaotic, and I'm back to form. So, um, <laughs> so I will fire it over to to Marty to get started. Um, because I did like the reading the the first one. Uh, yeah, so. um, the first story is obviously the obviously we, we we know about the story that was going on um, coming out of Ottawa last year. Um, a lot of talk around the 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 purchase and the buy the the bio the the buy the buyover no the buyout buyout no. yeah buyout. no well well it was a straight it wasn't a buyout it was no, a, it a straight sale yeah sale so the the previous the previous owner passed away and his estate were in the process of selling the yes. team and so, the, the franchise. As we know, the investors came in, 
and purchased the Senators for um, $950 million. Um, fans not, the, said, not the one we were hoping for? No, it wasn't. Um, but still, it was a good move. Um, and obviously, it, it's, it's a strengthen for um, Ottawa. A lot of fans were very excited about the fact that the new owners coming in um, and were very vocal about the franchise, about how they kind of improve the franchise moving forward, getting it back on a foot where they were dominant and getting it back onto that kind of winning, winning ways and, and kind of the whole build-up around it. One of the other big things... Um, that was talked about at the time of purchase was that Andler, who is one of the lead uh, members of that, that purchasing group, had um, stated that one of his biggest things that he wanted to do for the Senators franchise was to build a new arena uh, in downtown Ottawa. Um, the estimate f- the estimate for a new arena will cost around about the same amount as it cost um, to pretty much purchase the, uh, the, the, the Sands. It would be £900 million pounds, um, to um, build a new purpose-built um, state-of-the-art arena in Do you know what? Just, just round Ottawa. it up to a billion. Just, yeah. just round it up to a billion. Um, the current arena has been running since 1996. Uh, it is in the suburbs of um, Ottawa. Um, and I think the whole idea was trying to find some por- somewhere more that was central focused more maybe kind of mainstream or areas around Ottawa somewhere that was more central. Um, not that it's not easy to get to, but somewhere that was maybe not 30 minutes outside uh, the central park. I'll- I'll, I'll come in. The Canadian Tire Centre is oh, there, nowhere near the city. I was. Um, <laughs> few years Canada, ago, you know? I was in Canada. Um, oh. And this was this was uh, one of the arenas that I went to. Um, it, it is not easy to get to unless you're driving. Um, we had to get a couple of different buses. Um, now, admittedly, we ended up taking three buses, but that could have been two, except our first bus actually hit someone. So we, we actually did have to change because uh, he kind of had to stay and talk to the police. Um, I want to qualify with the fact that the guy was fine and it was actually me and Catherine who gave the guy first aid um, after the bus hit him. Um, Catherine actually got interviewed by the uh, RCMP after we got home <laughs> over the phone, um, which was uh, interesting. But yeah, the, the Canadian Tire Centre is more or less in the middle of nowhere. Um, it would be kind to say that it's in an industrial estate because it really isn't. Um, it has an enormous car park around it, so it's got that going for it. But what it doesn't have is that city feeling. It doesn't have that link to its city. Do you know what? They are the the Renfrew clan of the NHL is what it actually feels like. They I don't know what the suburb is called that they're in, but it certainly uh, isn't. Uh, Ottawa. It's not. It's not Ottawa uh, itself. Um, it's a really, really nice arena. Don't get me wrong. It's an NHL arena. It is outstanding um, as a, a sporting venue, but it it does well. It struggles with where it is. It also struggles with the team that play there. Yeah, I mean, I suppose like any like anybody, any fan, um, whenever a new ownership takes over, um, and we we've been there, um, as Belfast Giants fans, um, the Cardiff Devils have been there with uh, Todd Kelman and his group, um, taking over there in in Cardiff, um, and most recently the Glasgow Clan haven't been bought over, and exciting things happening up there in Glasgow. I know these are slightly smaller scale in the set the likes of Ottawa, but you know when a when a when a an ownership comes in and states from day one that he wants to make sure that he listens to 
to fans and what the fans think. Uh, he made a statement that basically said, the most important thing is what's important for our fans. If I can increase the fan experience, that's what I'm here for. So probably the, the fans will help me dictate where the best place will be for our future home. We have federal buildings that are now empty. We have uh, the NCC with the best piece of land that's available for development right in the major in the major part heart of this city. And there's also the building that they're currently in, the Canadian Tire Centre, which is also an option. So there's three options there. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if anything does transpire from that in this coming season. Um, and just like always, we will keep a wee eye on that. And if there is any more progress with that, um, I'm sure there might be progress quicker um, <laughs> with their um, with their developments for their arena than a certain other team in the NHL, which uh, we know has um, hit uh, a stumbling block um, over the summer in relation to their planning permission and stuff. So uh, we'll just see where that goes. On just on Anthony's comment, um, you're you're 100 right, Scatno. Um, but it, while physically it may not be that far out, it's e- it was easily 40 minutes from uh, CBD. Um, I just put another comment in there saying it's Kanata. Uh, um, it, was, it was one of those. I remember those two being on the buses. Um, it was easily 40 minutes out of um, central Ottawa because you were dealing with uh, inner city traffic, trying to get out there, and then coming back in because the buses are so limited about getting back into the city. The city doesn't actually put on a whole pile of buses to get people back into the city afterwards. Um, there were only a handful of buses, and they were standing all the way down uh, back into the city. It was mental. Um, just Fort Lauderdale for Florida. Florida Panthers is the same, by the way. Um, it's out in the arse end of nowhere because um, they're they're branded as a sort of Miami team mm-hmm. and they're in Fort Lauderdale which is like two hours <laughs> inside of Miami Here, and there do, you know, do you know what could be worse could be in the mullet the mullet yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, Neil Braden's put us uh, a comment just saying that it's the equivalent of flying into Paris um, with Ryan or thinking you're flying into central Paris it's exactly the same as Germany yeah. when you fly <laughs> into Germany you're sorry like, <laughs> sorry do you know do you know what it's like it's like flying into Belfast International <laughs> <laughs> oh dear that was uh, just to go back to the the fact your, your comment there john about the renfrew um gla- the renfrew clan um that was the first time i've ever drove myself to that arena from um where i was staying in glasgow um and yeah i was like um yeah, yeah see you were like, staying in glasgow and then you drove to renfrew I, so I to drove, go and the see one, the clan the one thing i will say is the parking was brilliant like free parking it was great you could get right up there it was brilliant i have to say that was that was it and getting out of that car park was fantastic as well but i was when i was driving and even when i was driving back to the hotel afterwards i was thinking to myself am i nearly there <laughs> i was really like i've done it so many times in taxis and i don't think maybe i've taken it on board when i've done it in taxis previously but this time when the i'm driving when i Dave may have taken <laughs> I may have taken beverages previously. Um but this uh, yeah that, me, me and John getting our trams home. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, that's the best travel home I've ever had. And people tell me it didn't happen. There was no tram. <laughs> tram didn't exist in Germany. There was no I, tram. I don't I I'm not even believe there was a tram. There was, there was no a tram. tram. It was the charm. Anyway, we can I even remember the ding dings. You know, like whenever it starts off. You know, like, getting... I remember the ding dings. I, I'm no, pretty no, no. sure I remember no. buying a, a ticket and having a like. User thinking because Germany, you do the little stampy thing, and I'm pretty sure I remember doing that as well. I love. Here, the... Do you know what? Do you know what the, my favorite trip home after a game was? That same trip, that taxi the next night. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna die. I was gonna Get die. Genuinely, genuinely we, thought I was gonna got... die. 
we got air going over that bridge. That we guy did. was insane. Um, the one thing I, I think that guy might have been drunker than we were. Before we move on, uh, the one thing I will say is um, that from your, your memories around that in terms of the tram, genuinely what you're thinking of, and I think you're getting yourself confused, is we used the tram to get from the the airport to the train station. And we used to tram no, at that point. Mate, we didn't use a tram. I got a tram, <laughs> got that, a tram that went past that submarine. And I'm telling you, I got a tram that went past that submarine. What submarine? Was that a, ba- was that a battleship? <laughs> no, no submarine. That was, that was the last surviving uh, U-boat. Yeah, yep. There you go. There we go. We don't remember anything about that. Anyway, um, let's, move, let, let's move on, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Organized chaos whenever I'm looking after the runner. Um, <laughs> right. Well, we'll go to. Uh, let's go down to um, John for the next one. Right. Um, this this one. Little, this is a little bit more serious, guys. Um, Michigan hockey this week have um, suspended a player after video footage emerged um, in Ann Arbor of uh, a young male spraying. Uh, anti-Semitic uh, propaganda and images over a Jewish resource centre. Uh, now, this broke uh, on the local CBS station. Uh, the local police put out a uh, uh, pile of messaging asking for uh, information on if uh, anyone could identify the individual in the video. It's since come out that uh, the person was, in fact, uh, a member of the University of Michigan's men's ice hockey program. Uh, Johnny Druskinis Druskinis of Plymouth, Michigan, was removed from the team uh, following a violation of what uh, Michigan University have said is a violation of team rules uh, on September 29th, so uh, just last week. Um, I believe it's also come out that um, the accomplice if you like that he had there was a, a young woman was with him at the time as well uh, was a member of the Michigan women's lacrosse team um, however the news to date is that she has not been removed from the lacrosse team uh, I believe there's a, a conversation going on that she was there but may not have taken part in what uh, Druskinis did um, guys it's not great to see this happening, but do the university deserve to be applauded for how they've handled the situation? I think yes, obviously. Um, I think they've handled it the way they need to handle it. Um, this is just, it's just, it kind of just harkens back to the story, um, I think it was the end of last season, where the young players um, in, I think it was a nightclub um, from, yeah, I think it was the Philadelphia Flyers, it was the Philadelphia Flyers uh, GM, yep. I think it was his son um, with yep. a disabled student and throwing the wheelchair down the stairs. And it was caught obviously on video in the, in the nightclub um, video, the cameras. I mean, these young men who are playing for these major teams college teams uh with hope with future prospects of wanting to kind of maybe progress in a future career within these kind of um areas so um obviously mainstream sports and and in this one ice hockey you know in terms of the, the the you know you would imagine his his ambition is to kind of move on from university college level up to uh semi-pro or at least pro level and i mean when you do things like this and you think you're going to like, what is your, what is your thought? First of all, I shouldn't have done it, but what's your thought process in relation to, you know, your future career prospects when you do something as stupid as this? It is um, it's probably, 
um, it's probably um, just worth noting as well um, that the Ann Arbor Police Department have said that the the male suspect was responsible for spraying uh, spray paint and a homophobic slur as well as male genitalia. Um, and I'll correct what I said earlier. The the female suspect uh, spray painted her initials. Uh, so you can only assume that there was uh, some drink uh, involved with this one because uh, you don't uh, spray paint your initials somewhere unless you've had a couple of jars and think it's a good idea. However, that being said, the Jewish Resource Centre has chosen not to um, proceed with charges. So the police have now concluded their investigation. Um, the Resource Centre have said that as far as they're concerned, the students aren't bad people. Uh, and they certainly don't need to have their lives ruined. Uh, while they made a poor choice, they've sincerely apologised and we have high confidence they won't repeat such actions ever again. So they're clearly being the bigger person in the, the situation. They're taking the high ground and I think they need to be applauded for that. Um, but Marty, you're you're absolutely right. The, the, the ramifications, this is a, a kid who may or may not have had or may still have uh, a, a great career in hockey ahead of him, but this will hang over him. Uh, Dave, we've seen we've seen different teams make decisions um, around signings because of yeah, the yeah. past history of players. Look at Glasgow last year as a, a prime example. Um, do you think this follows this guy? Yeah, this will be a, a black mark on his uh, career for uh, you know forever. You know, he'll not be, it'll he'll always be known as you know that guy who spray painted the penis outside a Jewish resource center. You know, and it's going to be tough. You know, he's going to have to go into every, even if it's not hockey, he's going to have to go into every job interview and explain that. I mean, yeah. in, in a past life, before I work where I currently work in the organization I currently work for, um, in a past life, I worked um, in, in in student services. I worked with for a university in Belfast, one of the major universities in Belfast. And I worked there for over, what, about seven years probably I worked within that. Um, and I worked in the university working with student discipline at one point in relation to working alongside students who were, you know, drinks in, wits out, you know, that kind of idea. And the amount of young people who... Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's obviously that's how I met how, John. How do you how do you think we met? That's how we met. That's how. <laughs> well, no, John. I won't, won't. Actually, uh, do you know what? Actually, that's not far off how we met. We met because John was being a good boy and actually coming up the tout to someone else. But we will get into that. Um, I know that's not true. <laughs> Don't even. I was being a good boy because. Not even. I'm not even going into. I'm not even going into it because I could put a doctor's reputation at risk i don't know him anymore but that's at least what he was training to be at the time um <laughs> but um and i just remember like you know i would be doing up campaigns throughout the year um one of the big things i would do would be like student campaigns around you know behavior and everything else and anybody who knows northern ireland and knows st patrick's day and knows about the history of um, st patrick's day and a certain student student area within belfast known as the holy lands um it's been well known that over the previous years there's been a number of issues in relation to anti-social behavior and just kind of just students being students just really stupid on drink and it just it harkens to me whenever I see stories like this it just it just takes me back to when I worked in Queens and the amount of young people that I'd be working alongside and I'm just saying to them you know that one stupid little mistake that you've made tonight or that silly thing that you've done right now that's going to haunt you now in your career moving forward because when they think like oh well sure how is anyone going to find out about that well you went through a disciplinary procedure within the university 
it's going to be you know it's it is going to follow you and people are going to know about it you know it's it's not you can hide it and but in this case for these young people I mean, it's it's hitting mainstream media. It's hitting mainstream news articles. It's and, and they're become they're, they're potentially going to be young people who want to become public facing as well. Um, and yeah, I, I just I just yeah, I just I don't. And I know when we're young, we do silly things and and we don't think about the consequences at the time. But this was just this is just another level. Whenever you see things like this, you see these kind of stories. Yep. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox now. I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, I think we're it's our final story, and it's about the the whole story is about the Coyotes playing in an NHL sized arena. Well, yeah, um, and I know this story. <laughs> I know this story might seem a bit old now, but it's only about a week or so old. But um, this is just because um, I I did want to have a quick chat about um, and I remember whenever we had uh, I'm going to pick on um Anthony here again from Anthony from Spanners on the Wall when we had him on our our show. Um, I think two shows ago, um, we were having a conversation around hockey and the off season and everything else. And he had mentioned about Australia and about Australian hockey and about how you could go about watching Australian hockey and how exciting it was and everything else. Um, but the NHL this year, um, as part of their preseason, as we know, every year the NHL plays an NHL Global Series, um, in which they take NHL on the road and go around the world and play different locations. So we've seen places like Sweden, we've seen places like Germany, we've seen, um. Where else? We've seen Norway, I think, in previous years, and this year they've went there. They've made their way down to they. They had made their way down to Melbourne in the preseason, um, and they. This is the first time that the NHL has came, went down that direction. The where they basically it was a sellout crowd of thirteen thousand. Um, where the Coyotes opened up the preseason with a 5-3 win um, in the arena there um, in Melbourne. And um, that was against the LA Kings, I should say. Um, and as Sean joked, as, sorry, as David joked around, um, at least the Coyotes get to play in a, a large arena, like larger than their own home. But they, they played a preseason in a game in uh, an arena that was larger than their own home. But I suppose one of the big things about it was, and I think this was just really like, I just... I, I just I get frustrated sometimes when I read articles like this and this has come from the NHL itself like this article was written by someone and it just seemed very like almost like <laughs> you've went to a country that maybe okay it's not maybe mostly associated with ice hockey but it, you, you pander to the point where you're kind of like how do they know what they're how do they know how to react to an ice hockey game like there were things like there, there were some things like they ood and add in the right locations and uh you know and, and everything else whenever certain things happened on the ice they seem to really know their stuff I'm like, yeah, of course they're going to know their stuff like anyone else. They're, they're watching the NHL. They obviously have 13,000 people who are NHL fans who are coming into an NHL game. It's not like they're going to go to a long day game and be like, oh, I don't really know what I'm coming to watch here. Um, but the main thing about it, main thing to take away from it is obviously that it's it was a massive success. Obviously, um, huge, huge turnout for them um, down down in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, and, and I guess just a, another growth area for them um, in the future, I, I guess. Um, and I suppose that's always a, a strong, what they try to do um, with with this global series to try and build their 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 I suppose their um you know they're trying to I suppose build their their whole appeal right across the world. Um, but guys, um, did you see the any of those stories, or did you see any parts of those games or anything? Um, I didn't see see that. Anthony put up a another piece there. Just um, at this stage, you might as well just jump on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's contributed more to this podcast than I did. Um, <laughs> And he's, uh, yeah, so to make sure you check out um, Hockey Hype Australia, um, and it gives you an Australian point of view of this entire, uh, the entire uh, Globe series. Yeah, no, it was, uh, again, it's just building up. And we, we hope to see one day that um, that the NHL Global Series makes its way across. 13 years ago. 
well, yeah, th- thirteen. Yeah, Boston Bruins came. Old. Wasn't part of the the, the global series. They no, I think they were on their way to the global series, and they had to be stop off in Belfast um, to play the Belfast Select team. And we hope that there's an announcement made, and maybe there's there's talk maybe another announcement of maybe something happening, another announcement coming this year, and maybe it is something to do with NHL, maybe not. I don't know. But even if it was an NHL global series that happened in the UK somewhere, even um like somewhere larger like Nottingham or Sheffield or whatever it might be with one of the larger rinks and larger arenas, we know ourselves we'll be there in a heartbeat. So uh, hopefully we'll see the global series in the UK soon. Um, yeah, if that's me. Yeah, I think that if I'm right. That's everything. Can I can I throw one thing on just while it's in should my head, and I meant to say it earlier on. Uh, I really should have said it during period one. Uh, Anthony's obviously jumped on here. He's in our comments uh, flat out here. Want to say congratulations to him because last night he uh, now let do we say that he started his EIHL career with us? Um, I'm saying yes. He's he's suggested otherwise on his socials, um, but last night, <laughs> last night he stepped in um, and was commentating on the Guildford Manchester game. Um, being totally honest with you, Anthony, didn't buy the webcast, uh, didn't watch it. However, from the uh, re- the highlights that I've seen um, and the especially the OT winner, um, congratulations, yeah, great job, Anthony. great job. Um, great job um you've been reflective of your performance uh on social media today really really hope they give you another opportunity agreed yeah and remember us whenever you go uh when you go viral and go bigger than us come come back and speak to your friends when you you, when you make it big <laughs> uh, Anthony there was saying I didn't buy it either. You're fine. Um, we have to keep remember we're, we're in a po- we're still doing this as a podcast. We need to read out these comments. I kind of have to keep remembering remind myself. Um, okay, Dave, you happy enough? We move on. Yeah, let's move on. That's great. Let's move on to period three. Period three is our general knocking news. Nucky News is where we throw anything and everything else in the world of hockey that we don't think fits neatly into period one or period two, or we just think that uh, period one and two have got far too much in them, so we want to throw something into period three. Um, Marty, you are desperately typing away here and I think deleting our first story, so I'm going to move swiftly out there. on the fly editing there, the consummate professional. Um, Guys, we've talked about rank development. Uh, we've looked at it from a, a major cityscape like uh, Ottawa, looking at multiple locations for these NHL franchises. Um, why don't we take it to slightly smaller scale? Why don't we have a look at Dundonald Ice Bowl and a, a potential ice rink that might have a, a, a couple of GP surgeries in it as well? Um, guys, this is the news that uh, Dundonald Ice Bowl finally after... Sorry, Dundonald <laughs> International Ice Bowl... <laughs> Dundonald International Ice Bowl is finally getting its long-awaited multi-million pound redevelopment. Uh, so just last week, Lisburn and Castle Ray City Council uh, finally gave the green light to a £52 million investment project over the next three years. Um, money is coming through from uh, a multitude of sources, uh, the council, the Department for Levelling Up, uh, the Housing and Communities uh, Fund has put up money as well. 
and the council, I think, will fill the gap with what's left alongside uh, what I'm sure will be some corporate sponsorship with whoever's going to end up running things like the ice rink and the other concessions that will be there. Um, the redevelopment is um, aiming to have a state-of-the-art leisure facility with an Olympic-sized ice rink, a 24-lane bowling alley, a gym, community rooms, restaurants, and a coffee shop. And I believe it will also ha- house the, the health centre and GP surgeries and stuff, which it was originally designed to, to host as well uh, as part of the sort of council and NHS investment into the, the area. Um, guys, it's great to look at an ice rink being redeveloped we know that in some areas ice rinks are falling into disrepair um that rinks are closing we've seen what happened in the Isle of Wight we've seen what Anthony's had to go through with uh, the bison uh, and with planet ice and the local council there um this is the other side of the coin isn't it this is uh investment in leisure it's investment in sport uh and as Belfast Giants fans we get the added bonus that this is investment really in our team because we use Dundonald as our training facility when the arena's not available. Yeah, I mean when this I mean we've we've been it's been a long awaited, I suppose. Um you know, as you mentioned, um, you know, we've been kind of waiting for years on on improvements to that to the facility. Um and <clears throat> while it's still like it's dated it's an older building and it still serves purpose in terms of what it does we use it um obviously the giants use it on a regular basis for um for their training as you mentioned john we also have recreational teams playing there um you know obviously they're late on in the night because obviously that's just the only time they can play is obviously nice time is maybe after half 10 at night but you know it's still used for youth development it's been used for everything else so to have this new state-of-the-art facility being announced and a new state-of-the-art plant and ice rink being announced as part of this planning this planning deal and this 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 i suppose um go forward it's exciting it's really exciting for east belfast it's really exciting for dundonald it's just it's exciting for Belfast in general just to have the International Ice Bowl, I suppose, improved to the point where it's going to um, bring in more people. Um, it's going to, yeah, it's great. And I, I like the fact that, like, you know, there was a bit of concern around, well, what's going to happen in relation to the current ice plant and the current ice rink in relation to, you know, this development and will it will it impact the, the ability to use the, the, the rink and the, and the pad? But they've said that they'll continue using the building as is and it must be a new site. They're moving the Dundonald Ice Bowl onto. They're going across the road. Across. road. So right the across, big empty yeah. space. Where the where the entertainment um yeah. entertainment Decided. yeah yeah so again there's lots lots going on up there it's a it's a busy entertainment complex right beside it um cinema restaurants and everything else like it's a really great area to go to um and I think this 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 development is going to be it's an exciting time um and as you say it, it's gonna for the Belfast Giants as well um it can only it can only be good things obviously give them a new state of the art um ice rink to um practice on whenever the SSC isn't available so yeah good to see huge um it's, it's definitely a huge win uh, dundonald uh, international ice ball um, has been um sort of a cornerstone of the castle ray council for um a long time and for years it was the i don't know if it still is but for years it was the uh largest visitor attraction in uh, northern ireland um and it being completely council owned and operated um, was um, a win for for our um, our local community and for for hockey in uh, Northern Ireland. I know that we're um, sort of behind the ball when it comes to because it's the only one we have. But 
we still managed to churn out a few players and we've managed to churn out a few players that are really good um, and are playing about now. So they're obviously doing something right and uh, long may it continue. And I hope that the the council continue to operate it without having to bring in a, a franchise like Planet Ice um, because the, the council have done a great job in the 37 years in operation. So. Um, my one question to just pose to you guys, and this is obviously we, we don't know any insider. Actually, we just basically don't know anything uh, about very much, to be honest, when it comes to all this sort of stuff. Um, and I mean, ice hockey in general. The fact that we're doing a podcast is just incredible. Um, but the the SR, or the Odyssey Trust um, have on multiple occasions talked about uh, a second ice pad um, uh, within the Odyssey family, uh, if you like. Um, we've heard various different ideas of where it would go, either into the derelict land beside the Citibank building, uh, into half of the car park with a multi-story car park being built in its, uh, on the other half to make up for the lost spaces. Do you think this development puts that at risk? Or do you think the the Odyssey Trust will continue pushing on with the idea that they have a, a permanent... Probably a, a smaller, maybe even a half-size pad that goes into that area to give things like youth development more ice time, to give the Belfast Giants, the Junior Giants, um, potentially even things like sled hockey, a, a more stable home. Um, and with that being said, obviously the Giants are a major constituent part of why Dundonald and Lisburn and Castlereagh Council have decided to fork up the money uh, because the giants add value to putting that build, putting this new building in place. Because the the flagship hockey team of the city use that as a training facility. I'm 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 guessing. Do we think is there any impact, Marty? Um, I do you know what I, I guess you know. I think we obviously we don't know where those plans are. We don't know how far those plan. We don't know where those plans are or sitting we don't know how how far on those plans are we've talked about it you've talked about it john those plans it's not there's no secret that those plans are out there and those plans have been put in put in to kind of get permission to kind of do that kind of work we know that the um i think even um robert fitzpatrick himself on previous occasions when he's done it when he's done interviews and he's done uh fan conversations uh in the arena and he's been on the on the official podcast with belfast giants he's been no he hasn't been behind the door in saying that there has they've wanted to do investment for so long around the SSA arena and building a not even just an ice rink I don't think even think he said it was an iPad I think he said it was like an entertainment no not an entertainment a leisure and health facility um, a state of the art one on whatever vi- whatever availability space that they have and as I say as you kind of highlighted the, the car park to one side was one of the discussions that was had and I don't think I don't think that's going to stop I think the Odyssey Trust I think probably still want that to move forward I think that's still an opportunity for um, the city um, to have a, an additional ice rink um, in the town. Now, as you say, maybe it's going to be it's going to be one of those things where it's only going to benefit in the long run because what we're having is if you have to if you have to think about it, if the Giants take up time in the um, during during the week for um, if the Giants are taking up time during the week for their training, um, taking the public ice, okay, maybe they're doing it during the day, so there's not maybe a much of an uptake for people wanting to go public skating at time in the morning. That's fine, but um, and also it's midweek, so people are at work and everything else, um, so maybe it works out fine for them. But if we think about how we can free up the ice, the public ice ice rink. So if we're if we're thinking about where the if the if the Dundonald Ice Bowl, for example, International Ice Bowl, at the weekend um, is primarily for 
public skating throughout the day, Saturday and Sunday. It limits the amount of time that recce teams, um, youth development teams, youth, you know, all those different pieces. It, it does it does take up a lot of the time that they have availability for this. And that's why we're seeing small, like teams, recce teams, we're seeing those youth teams having to practice at like half past 10, 11 o'clock at night. So if we imagine that there's, if we imagine there's another rink in the middle of the city where bigger, like teams, like the youth teams, youth development teams for the Belfast the, the Junior Giants, we've got, you know, those kind of um, other other teams across the Northern Ireland can come and do their training where they built where the, the home of the Belfast Giants train, you know, if there's a facility there for that sort of thing where it's more geared towards team training rather than public skate, frees up more public skate in the Donald Ice Bowl. Do you do you think that then gives a line of differentiation between the two I think ice so. pads where I they're think not so. in competition with each other? Yeah, yeah. I think so. And, and think- they'll use they'll use the ice rink, they'll use their second ice pad for public skate whenever it's available and whenever they can. But again, they'll still use the SSE for that other public skate like they still do because the, th- the big thing about it, the big draw about it is they open the SSE as a public skating facility in the summer and at the winter because people want to skate with the Belfast Giants skate. And that's, that's at the end of the day, even if they train up at Dundonald, they still want to skate on the SSE ice. So they'll still use that as kind of a public skating facility as well. So there's a, I think there's a bit of a draw for mix. But I think, as you said, John, I think that the way they'll target it, what I'd like to think maybe the way they'll target it is that there would be no comp, it would be a competition, a direct competition. It'd be more like we'll free up Dundonald to have their ice time and have their their public skate and they can do whatever it is. But we're giving an opportunity to those teams who are wanting more sociable hours, shall we say, to come and train um, at the home of the Belfast Giants. And I think that's maybe something they'll maybe look at um, tailoring it as. Definitely. And I think Dave, that they'll, what they'll look towards is maybe not go international size now that they don't need an international training because they can do all their training, continue their training, key training in the international pad in Dundonald. They can maybe put an NHL size pad um, for team training, for like uh, non-giant team training or local hockey training, sled hockey, things like that, which would benefit from the smaller ice. Um, well, does it, that then also benefit the Giants? Because one of the on a- one of the things, yeah, one of the things that we we see is we obviously have the Olympic pad, and sometimes we've seen Giants teams struggle to yeah. adjust early season to some of the smaller ice pads that there are in the sure. Elite League. So, um, is that just another potential yeah. bonus? Yeah, I don't think it's any any drawback, and um, that way it's also a differentiator because you can't. You can't really put as many people on for a public skate as you can on the Olympic size. Because Olympic size, when you really look at it, is significantly bigger. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, I think that might be be something to go with. My my last question on this, guys. Obviously, new ice pad being put in at Dundonald. Big selling point is the public skating. Back to Blue Blazers. Blue Blazers. The Blue Skates. Oh, oh yeah, oh. yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Um have yeah, I mean, do they do they not still use Topic um ice skates up there? Do they not use the I don't know which ones they use up there anymore? Um Do you the, do you think they, they find a, a contract for it? Because the SSE when they do the public skating it's blue blazers. It is blue, yeah, yeah. They are the blue ones, yeah. Remember um, remember the time that what I can't remember who it was. Was it the caps? arrived and didn't have oh, half Jesus of their kit with right. them and their netminder wore a pair of the rental skates that uh, they were they had at the SSE yep. along yeah, with uh, a couple of inside out giants jerseys yep mm-hmm. yep as oh, well as fun times we as, have as well as their away fans any of the jerseys the away fans had they took them out of their their, their mask and tape and yeah. them up and all so funny yep yep um 
Talking of jerseys, guys, what a segue. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's have a look at, uh, at jerseys. We haven't... So last podcast, Aaron and I had a quick look at some of the Elite League jerseys that had been released up to that point. Um, unfortunately, stuff like screen sharing and everything wasn't working. I couldn't get it working. I don't know what was going on. And this time, I'm not even going to bother trying because uh, people can go check these uh, different things out on uh, on social media as if they want to. Um, guys, I'm going to start, if you don't mind, by looking at a team whose uh, merchandise and jersey policies still befuddle me to this day. And it's the Guildford Flames. So this last week, uh, the Guildford Flames put out a, a story about their alternate jerseys, which they have. So uh, if anyone doesn't know the Guildford Flames, their standard jersey, their logo is the, the flaming G, uh, essentially the, the a copy of the uh, flaming C from Calgary. Um, they have an alternate jersey. Uh, they have a home and an away alternate that has the word flames emblazoned uh, across the front in this, the usual team colours. Um, they announced uh, last week that they, or sorry, this week actually, just a couple of days ago, that uh, these alternate jerseys would be up for sale. Now, it being Guildford, these things are not going to go cheap. So this is a, a full roster's worth of jerseys, uh, including blood jerseys, uh, some with names and numbers, some without. The shirts are going to be sold for £190 each for a shirt with a name or £100 for a shirt with no name. Now, aside from all that, they're not just first come, first served. It's entries. So you enter into a random draw to purchase the assigned shirt. Now, they've gone through a whole pile of other stuff that duplicate entries will be deleted, photo ID uh, is going to be required for collection, uh, and these things are not going to be collected until the end of November, start of December. Um, uncollected jerseys will then be sold at the merchandise stand that night, on the last night. Um, uh, so these are just registrations of interest, if you like, and the whole team's shirts are there. Guys, we have seen Guilford fans go insane for jerseys before uh, and the simple case is that they can't buy them they they, they can't buy replica jerseys um, I'm not entirely sure I don't think they do short off the back competitions so the only times that they get to buy jerseys like this is where you've got this one off special second jersey or things like the playoff jersey auction which is set in stone by the Elite League. So I don't know how they get around their agreement with Calgary on that one, uh, when it's the league that are doing that one through Rhino. But guys, £190 for a jersey that may or may not have been worn, and you may or may not even be successful, and the fact that you can tick on this website, you can tick multiple jerseys. How many Guilford fans do you think have just ticked all those boxes? Did you see the top corner says any and all? Can you imagine? Can you imagine they just go to the first person drawn and said, "Do you want them all?" <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, I mean, as you say, I mean, if it's if it's the only way to get a jersey, but it's, it's, it's such pricey. It's like I just can't. My fathom. separate thing as well is these are alt jerseys. Yeah. 
these are these are not your your jersey through the whole season. This is your one-offs. Um, they're not like it's not like all the other teams have got a cup jersey. Um, this is just. I don't even know if they're playing them through pre-season. I don't know if they're playing in them for the cup. Uh, for example, I'm assuming they're not because they're going to hand these things over in November, December time. Uh, and I assume that the Guildford Flames expect to go through into the knockout stages of the Challenge Cup. So they're not going to give away their cup jerseys at that point. So in reality, what are these jerseys? Mm. If if you're a Flames fan, I like I say, it, it confuses me every single season about this, uh, the way that they do things. There's a wee comment there from uh, Anthony again um, from Banners. Apparently this isn't a new thing. It's been the same all the way from their uh, English Premier League days. So, yeah, it's odd. Um, what you can buy, which is random, you can buy their practice jerseys, like just on their website. I don't even know what they. I don't even know what they look like. If it was a practice jersey for the Giants, it probably doesn't even say uh, flames on it anywhere. No, no, it's it has a it has the big G flamey logo. So why don't if they've got if they can do that, why don't they just sell a replica jersey? I don't know. Do they um, think they make more by charging two hundred pound a jersey? Possibly, possibly, possibly. It's insane. The, the fire that would that would fly in the face of the arguments that Todd Kelman was making this week about things like jersey sales yeah Yeah, that was that that i did see that 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 comment where it was kind of like where he kind of alluded to one of the big things one of the big factors around changing the brand and changing logo was he seen that the giants sold more more jerseys therefore the brand was a good idea because then they could sell more jerseys i did see that i did hear that comment um and i kind of thought to myself yeah well the reason why you've seen why the reason why there was a boost in sales of jerseys is simply because well you get a new brand you're you're going to want the latest jersey like it's not you know and because you don't want to be seen some people don't want to be seen with the old the the old logo i've got loads of them over here but it's nice <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but um yeah i just I, I i get it um yeah i get it like it's just yeah it is what it is it is weird anyway look guilford is what guilford is but let's let's move on um because we've had a couple of our one-off occasion jerseys uh have been released across the elite league um so let's start on my side of the irish sea why don't we um Marty, the Dundee Stars have released their Halloween jersey. Yeah, the Dun- um, the- and there's a there's a couple of interesting points about how they've released it. Actually, yeah, the Dundee Stars have released their 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 Halloween jersey for this coming uh, for this coming Halloween period. Um, but they've announced the fact that you can actually go and purchase your own version of this. Um, so you can purchase a a copy. Um, you could purchase a jersey, like a replica of the jersey, or they will have a bidding system in place to have play uh, game worn jerseys, which will go up for bidding, and the bidding will start at one hundred and twenty five pound and will increase five pound per bid. Um, the jerseys themselves are based on Freddy Krueger. Um, uh, if I'm right in knowing my my pop col- my pop my pop culture knowledge, you're, in you're, right. To, you're right. Yeah, um, and they're pretty good. I like them. Um, I think they're they stand out as a good nice jersey i mean are they the are they as good as last year's manchester storms um, th- um nod to stranger things 
I, I don't know, um, but I, I like them. I think they look really well, um, and I, I definitely think they, they stand out quite well. And I think the option, to have the option where you can um, per- potentially purchase them yourself um, as a replica or having the game warns at that price and doing the, doing, doing the bidding on it, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's brilliant. Uh, what are you guys thinking on, the, on these jerseys? Do you like them? I like a good uh, um, random jersey. It's not, not that you can't tell. Um, uh, I do love a good, says the guy uh, sitting in front of a wall of jerseys yeah. um, and I love a Halloween jersey uh, I do have a Halloween one um, just at hand um, so yeah like I like a good uh, novelty jersey and I think it's uh, a bit of fun and especially whenever they're different like you know far and away different from their their current um, jersey I think it's great I think that one's a, like a nice example and I'll, hopefully they're wearing um green or red short covers or something you know just to round it off yeah i think uh more than anything it's actually quite good that dundee have got some positive remarks about their uh jerseys this season so far because so far uh i think the 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 standard home away and cup jerseys have been somewhat slated as being incredibly unoriginal um if i've done it right by magic i hopefully Oh, oh, let's take off the Brandon part there. So the Brandon's not on it though. Hopefully we can see those. But that's the yeah. That's, that's the frame. That's the flames one. But this is the Dundee one we're talking about for anybody who's watching on YouTube or on Facebook or whatever. Um, but the Dundee jersey is pretty cool. Um, I do like it. Um, so I don't it know. Is. Um, Mari, I'm going to test you here because I don't know how well you've prepped for this. Uh, we're going to look at another uh jersey here. You mean this uh, one? Oh, look at look at this <laughs> on the ball. Uh, <laughs> Host fantastic. There we go. Uh, look at that. <coughs> I should um, have done the Belfast Giants obviously have put out uh the first of their seasonal jerseys, and this is going to be their Oktoberfest jerseys. Um guys, I'm gonna let you kick off because we had a, a chat in our group chat when these things got released, and you two are drooling over these. Yeah. I dread to think how much money you guys are gonna drop on these uh next week. They are so, so ugly that I need one. Um, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. part of uh, Belfast Giants we should put it into context that Belfast Giants will be having an Oktoberfest game themed game night on the 13th of October which is the I think it's the Saturday game I can't remember it's next weekend anyway um, but the Oktoberfest game comes about two weeks after actual Oktoberfest so Oktoberfest was supposed to be last weekend um, was the official Oktoberfest um, but at least they're doing it which is great so on the yeah. night itself they're going to have Oktoberfest themed uh, food so Bratwurst uh, Currywurst and Bratwurst and I'm, I'm excited about that because I like I like Currywurst so it's going to be great um, they're also going to do um, double pints instead of saying steins they're doing double pint glasses um, which um, I'm interested to see what they look like um, let's not hammer those back like we did in Germany um, but again then as part whoa, of whoa, 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 whoa. again this is you misremembering what happened in Germany and me and Dave were fine. You had a massive stress head on about the accommodation and decided to go way back to the accommodation before the Giants game, came back and decided to try and catch up. So all of that was your fault. Me and Dave were fine. We managed to go out the next morning and go and buy breakfast instead of going out the door for 30 seconds and immediately needing the keys back to go back to bed. But questionable sausages aside, that was a great day. <laughs> it was. Um, but back, um, back, bringing us back to the story. Um, yeah, the Belfast Giants then have released this jersey, and I know I, I, I'm gonna, I'll probably put in, um, maybe like you know, maybe go for maybe ten pounds worth anyway, at least at the minute. Yeah, a couple of pounds. Yeah. Um, Dave, I think you were the same. I think you had the same response. Yeah. 
they're, they're so so hideous but they're fantastic if the, the one thing i'll say is if the giants don't also have brown colored short like themed shorts to go with it and their socks if they're game night socks and they probably will if they're great game night socks don't look like later hosen socks like they, proper they don't sell the hats <laughs> Has to be, there has to be a full uh, i mean i'm on i'm i'm banning and i know people will be like well you can't just say that you know they can't, if they had the hats perfect brilliantly um and uh, you know i'll take it i'll, I'll take what, again gonna refer back to watching the view from the bridge this week and todd kalman and his interview and he addressed the the goalie looking chain and the gold chains that are going on in cardiff and he kind of had it right and i kind of agree with him and i, I know we made fun of them because they, they are there and we made, we did make fun of them ourselves and again fair play to aaron i missed it i missed that that conversation conversation in the last podcast because i wasn't there but when aaron came on and he had the his his homemade version of the of the of the chain i it broke me i just thought it was the most I, it's a good thing i wasn't on it's a good thing i wasn't on that that show that week because it broke me but i will agree with todd i hope people like people have lost a bit of sense of humor in some ways in relation to some things they are cheesy the, the gold chains are cheesy and i'll still stand by it and it should be 22 pounds but I don't know this this whole thing this whole Oktoberfest I'm bought in I love it but I, then I, I'm a big fan of, of everything my Jer- my biggest Jeremy problem Oktoberfest. <clears throat> I have two problems with the whole Oktoberfest thing first one is and I understand why it's not during the Red Bull Salzburg game because clearly we have to wear our CHL gear for that game uh, and it's slightly culturally insensitive no, it's absolutely not. Yeah, if there's no. any travel, if it's, yeah. if there's any traveling German fans, you tell them that they're going to be able to get well, two pint cups, basically steins, and cur- you're putting on currywurst, um, and you're putting on all the stuff. They're putting on stuff down at the the ground floor as well on uh, this uh, Oktoberfest night. You put all that on for the German fans. I think they would absolutely love it as an experience. I think that would be great. But again, I understand that we can't wear a one-off jersey for that game because of um, how the CHL works. We, we've got our clobber for that game. We have to wear it. The second problem I have with this is I won't be there. <laughs> so it, it's incredibly insensitive of uh, the Belfast Giants to, to not do it at the, the game against the German team that I will be at. And I sincerely hope that they have some of those two pint cups next Tuesday because I'm going to be heartbroken if they don't. I'm wondering if it's a trial for things to come. I mean, look, to be honest, if it's two pint cups, I'll buy two pints and carry it in two hands. Yeah, but it's, um, going, to be, it's going to be two pints of Heineken. Or that, is it Murphy's, the Guinness ripoff? Mm. I've never not had a good next morning when I've been drinking that. It's, let's be it's honest. Murphy, it's, it? it's likely it's in a plastic cup. Likelihood is this the, the, for that game. It's still going to be uh, the usual Heineken, and it's it's a bit it's a bit yeah. Do you know Do you know something actually? And I asked you guys whenever they announced the special cups to keep an eye for them, and if there is any chance of grabbing me one, do it. And that's because Dundee have now. Do you remember at playoffs they had the the playoff cups that you you put a quid in, you got your cup, but obviously we all oh, yes. kept them. We kept them. So I've got the playoff cups from both days. I've now got one of the Dundee cups. And my thinking is that I want to go round all the rinks and arenas and collect these cups. I'll admit it. I'm weird and I collect stuff. Um, some of it is behind me here. Um, but if, if there's an opportunity to collect that sort of stuff I absolutely love it I buy into it and it's terrible I shouldn't but I do Coventry have some nice cups but they're beer branded like they're the um, 
Budvar. Oh yeah, they did. They did. They had really. Yeah, actually, they were. I said one of them saved your life in the taxi. Oh crap! Sorry, (laughs) Anthony's just made a very clear point that Red Bull Salzburg are not from Germany. We never said we were uh, geography professionals. (laughs) We're just about struggling talking about hockey here. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops! Yeah, they are very clearly Austrian. Uh, So yeah, there we go. Um, so, okay. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. It's my period, isn't yeah. it? Um, <laughs> see, it's been so long. It's been so long, and because it was an extended period between them, and I was the host last time, I just completely lost the run of myself. Um, thankfully, though, that brings us to the end of period three, Marty. It does bring us on to overtime. Yeah, um, and I don't think we'll have time for overtime. We're already. Um, I think we've kind of run out of time for tonight. Um, unfortunately. Ah, uh, go um, on. It's just a quick question. Uh, okay. Um. Quick question. Sorry. Um, Yes, okay, let me bring it up. Uh, We did have one question coming in um, from regular contributor, um, our our most loyalist fan, um, at HotDogPen67. Um, um, Mark uh, sent through the question, and it's referring into the NHL. Obviously, there's big stories coming out of NHL and a big buzz around the uh, new number one draft pick from this year and the new um, wonder kid as being described uh, Connor Bedard's um, it's his first season in the NHL um, do you think uh, his que- Mark's question is how do you guys think Connor's first season in the NHL will compare with previous number one draft picks um, since the lockout year um, do you think he'll be up there with Ovi Crosby and McDavid or will he, do you think he'll take uh, a year or two like Stamkos McKinnon uh, to reach his full potential um, I'm going to start us off just because I had been thinking about this earlier on um, I think this kid has already come into this preseason this preseason for the NHL is already under such a microscope. Now I don't know if I don't know when when it came to the likes of Matthews, McDavid, all those new all those prospects, all these like new prospects and like whenever they're all coming up and stepping in. I don't know if I've seen as many. I don't know if I've seen as many stories about those players as I have about this player already. Connor, I mean, he is touted. He, I think he's been touted as this wonder kid since the age of thirteen, um, where the NHL picked him up at that at around that young age. And I just think he's already coming in, and he's only eighteen or whatever it is, seventeen, eighteen years of age. Um, I don't think he's nineteen anyway. Yeah, he's he's, he's young anyway still. And I just think he's got such such big skates to fill and i think he's under so much pressure already i did like a story i read about him um earlier in the week um and i've sent this to mark actually through a private message there was a story about how he um stated that when it comes to overtime um if there's any kind of overtime in any game he avoids making eye contact with the bench and with the coach so that he can stay on the ice for longer and doesn't get taken off which i thought that's a bit controversial to say but it just kind of shows the kind of player that he is that he kind of just wants to stay on the ice and he's, he's dedicated and he kind of has a real drive but i mean he scored one goal already in his uh, preseason that's great that's great if he ends up on ice for three minutes and the opposition team scores yeah he's only been on i mean he's he's he got his first i mean the whole big thing even coming into the preseason was like when's he gonna first score his first goal when's he gonna score his first goal and i seen he scored one was it last night i think it was or the night before yeah he scored against detroit yeah and i think like it's just and there was a big thing made about it today in the paper in the news and the media about you know finally scored his first goal i'm like yeah it's preseason chill it like it's just i just think he's he's got to answer your question mark i just think he's got big skates to fill and i think he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders already and i think it is going to take him a year or two i think it's going to take him i don't think he's going to come off the block come out of the block straight away and create like this kind of frenzy this this season i think it's going to be like um other players and i think it's going to bet in over the course of maybe a season or two uh, i'll go next 
he's he's not playing for Nashville. Um, so I honestly, I I just don't care. The only time I'm going to pay any attention is uh, when he's playing against Nashville. Uh, same with everyone else that you said there. The only one that I've got a passing interest in is, is Ovi because I'm interested to see if he's going to catch Gretzky. Um, but other other than that, I I just don't care. Like Crosby, like Captain Concussion, couldn't care. Uh, McDavid hasn't won a cup yet. Like Wonder Kid, who's absolutely fantastic, probably the the greatest skill in the game at the moment. Um, but he's with a franchise that he's never going to win a, a Stanley Cup with. Um, Stamkos, McKinnon. Um, I know that. I mean, they're more successful guys. Um, but I would like you've put them in two different camps uh, along with the other three, uh, Mark, and I would absolutely do that. They're they've been successful because they're with successful franchises and yes, they're successful in themselves. But as far as Bedard's concerned, I've absolutely no idea. I'll pay attention when he plays Nashville. Mm, he's supposed to play for Chicago, unfortunately. And yeah. No, and that's no, gonna... and no, no. Sorry. Just... When he plays, sorry. When he plays against Nashville, I mean, yeah, yeah it's going to be one of those things. It's, um, it, it will depend, um, a lot on who he's on lines with and how, he, how they gel. Um, I think he's going to score. I think he'll score, uh, good goals and he'll definitely put the numbers up um, but we all know that those um, those big names are more than just the numbers you know the uh, Crosby McDavid's and uh, Ovi are franchise makers um, and that's the difference um, and we'll only know as it goes along and a big part of that is that Chicago team needs a lot more than just one guy who can score goals yep yep um, hopefully that answers your question Mark you can let us know your thoughts on that um, I'm sure you will whenever we see you at the game uh, this coming Tuesday the 10th um, in the SSA arena when the Belfast Giants will return to the CHL and John as I say we will see you at that game um, guys with that Look, I'm looking forward to them playing that really really good German team <laughs> um, we are going to sign off for this week um, as usual you can check out um, this episode um, all our previous episodes on our website at door14hockey.com uh, you can check out you can if you really want if you want to watch the video uh, you've got to this point you probably already listened to the food podcast so you don't want to watch you probably want to watch the video back but if you do want to watch the video in the future and video see our lovely faces or want to join us live um check out our youtube channel um door 14 hockey on youtube and we're also on all social media channels as well um on on facebook x tiktok now um john has seen you've done a couple of tiktoks um and also on instagram as well at yeah door come over hockey. come over to tiktok everyone come and watch uh someone closer to 40 than 30 try and do tiktoks um and and with that i think that takes us to the end of the show oh the last thing i will say is um yep just uh podcast as, as usual it is a podcast and if you are listening to us um on on your podcast provider of choice don't forget to subscribe like um leave us a review um rate us whatever that way to do it really does help um after our last shout out we have seen an increase in that so thank you very much for those who have done so done that so far um and if you're um watching us on youtube don't forget to subscribe to our channel as well um guys that's it for this week um all it leaves me to do is to sign off i'm marty i'm dave i'm john have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>